Hi guys, it's Irene and Ken and welcome to Talk Hockey to Me. This is our second episode and I think we're just going to dive straight into it. Um, we're going to start with our, well, we're going to do our what is it, cash or trash, I always want to say. That's oh, right. Yeah. else. <laughs> so Ken, yeah. do you want to start us off? Yeah, find out who's cash on this week. Boom, and Friday the 11th, a couple games uh, finished a little earlier, a couple games in progress, taking everything to account over the last, really, last couple weeks. And the first things first, uh, just starting with uh, the worst team in the league in uh, San Jose, the Sharks. Went 0-1-1 this week, uh, five-game five skid for them, and uh, for the Sharks, just hasn't looked good uh, so far this season. Yeah, it's just kind of like the worst dumpster fire and i feel like it's kind of ironic because you think the coyotes would be the worst team just because you know they got demoted to a smaller rank they're just <laughs> yeah they're doing that but you know eric carlson is always a beacon of light for them he just can't seem to get his hands off but i guess his stick off the puck i feel like hands is not the right term but um you know he seems like the only beacon of hope at this point but it's like it's frustrating because the rest of the team can't seem to pick up the slack to even just like resemble a team. It seems like it's just like they're, they're going on there every day and just guessing yeah, at hockey. I don't even want to, I feel like that's so mean to say, but yeah, maybe, it's just, maybe they're trying to take. There's so many new pieces. Cause you know, obviously behind the bench, you got David Quinn, who was Rangers coach for a couple of years. That was his first pro gig. Uh, then uh, once he was released, uh, didn't really go anywhere. He coached, uh, the U.S. team in the Olympics, uh, and then after that, he got signed over the offseason for San Jose. And for the new GM, there's just a whole, just these new pieces coming in. So, you know, Mike Greer, he didn't want the team to tank, but, you know, that's where it's headed, uh, unfortunately for him. But as you said, a big reason why is, as you said, outside of Eric Carlson, who, and it's a big shot, uh, stepping up. Uh, and really looking like Carlson, we saw back in like 2017, right. 2018, 21 points already, 10 goals scored. That's you know, he, outside outside of him, not a uh, in San Jose, especially on the attack. They're uh, 22nd in goals scored uh, so far this season. They have 39. And for San Jose, too, I think just goaltending has definitely been a big issue. Their last five losses, they've all been, uh, four of those five have been one goal losses. So, you know, James Reimer has really struggled at a, 9-10 save percentage, Capo Kacklin behind him, too, at 878. So, you know, they have two guys still trying to really figure it out in that. And outside of the penalty kill, which is actually the second best in the league at uh, 90.2%, uh, not much right going on for San Jose. Yeah, I would even say, like, I understand, you know, you're trying to figure out your new defense, just, like, kind of figure out these new pieces, like you were saying, these new pieces in, in your team, but... Um, I don't think those are horrible save percentages. Like we've definitely seen worse around Although, in better teams. It'll be worse coming up real soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could even argue that Edmonton probably has worse. I have. Oh yeah, we'll get to them. Yeah. yeah, but I'm just saying, like it's it's nice to know that they at least have something to build off of, and it's not completely from scratch. But it seems like right. they're in a pretty hard rebuild with, you know, hiring new people, getting new teammates, and it's yeah. it's unfortunately a work in progress. But that's also the bright thing is like that it's a work in progress and it's not these people who have been together for years and all of a sudden it's like okay well now do we start over but it's it still doesn't mean it's fun to watch and it's going to be hard but you know i'm sure there will be a point in the season where things just gel and things will start to look up and san jose fans will have some hope potentially yeah that is the dream for them they're uh again the worst team in the league right now three nine and three 
uh, only team with less than four wins. And to move on to the next team, we have in Anaheim. They went 1-0-2, uh, lost their last two contests uh, this week. But a little better, uh, still obviously uh, stumbling out the gate, a uh, two-game losing streak. Uh, they've given up five goals in four of the last five games, I think. That's insane to me. And, I mean, I feel like a potentially big reason is just watching John Gibson just kind of deteriorate before our eyes. And he's not, like, a very old goaltender or anything. It could be, I don't know, could be wear and tear. It could just be, you know, it's not his season. We don't know. Um, but, you know, it's, it's also hard when it feels like no defense is given. Not no defense, but, like, when it feels like, you know, when everything goes wrong, everything just kind of is going wrong i don't know how else to phrase that yeah. but it sounds uh, weird but honestly defense has definitely been struggling i mean right. we talked about last week but statistically they're <laughs> among the worst team in the league uh giving up the most amount of goals so far at 64 uh penalty kills 31st at 63.6 penalty kill percentage uh they have the most penalty minutes at a 223 yeah. already uh it's jesus been... already <laughs> it's been a struggle uh so far and it, it yeah, and it's tough. He's like Gibson, uh, four forty-seven uh, goals allowed average. Anthony yeah. Solari is backing him up. Not doing too much better at uh, three point nine uh, goals allowed per game. And yeah. I, uh, really outside of Trevor Zegers, I think making phenomenal uh, lacrosse goals, even though it didn't count. You know, making these uh, incredible goals and assists. You know, not much has really gone right for them in the win column. Yeah, no, it's it's clearly it's a struggle for them. Um, you know, I think this kind of begs the question of something we were talking about earlier this week of is the new thing in the NHL, you know, a good defense or a good offense? Is it the best defense? But I think this, to me personally, proves the point that you still need a defense at the end of the day. You can't just run around like you can have an offense that's good and great. And you want that, but sometimes that cools down. And at this point, it just it looks like they're just struggling all around. And honestly, I'm surprised they're not worse than the San Jose Sharks, but give them a week and they might get there. You know, <laughs> we could be very well flip-flopping these two yeah. for a good and part of the season. They barely uh, beat San Jose uh, back on the fifth, won five to four over them after beating them previously as well, six to five uh, at the start of the month. So yeah. there's been a couple nail biters and really pulling out wins. It's tough. And the thing too, you know, going back to San Jose, they had uh, three players. Uh, Logan Turo's one of them at a minus 10 in the plus minus department for Anaheim. It's just, as you said, all around everyone in the minus department. They don't have a single player uh, at zero or rather above zero at the plus minus uh, department. You know, Troy Terry off and offensively 12 assists, 17 points, minus four. Zegers, as I said, seven goals, 12 points, minus two. Uh, John uh, Klingberg, who they picked up from Dallas, seven assists, also minus seven uh, on the ice. So, yeah, the defense just really has not uh, held up for Anaheim so far. Yeah, I mean, I could even beg the question of, I probably should start using a different phrase, but it could beg the question of, are we going to see Anaheim also in a rebuild soon? I feel like a lot of teams are in rebuilds. Not a lot, but I feel like we can say that about a few teams and more than we and would I, like to. But yeah, and like I definitely felt like they've been in one <laughs> for a few years now. Right? And it's going to be extended, I think, for another year. I feel like they had an idea that, you know, maybe in a year or so they'll be able to get out of it. They may have yeah. to add another year or two uh, after this. You know, especially guys like uh, Shannon Kirk, Shannon Kirk rather, uh, got hurt, left the game, uh, last game out. Adam Henrique was missing time. Derek Grant. So some of those vets there 
uh, missing time already. It's yeah. uh, tough look for them. But All moving right. on to uh, Columbus, uh, another team we're talking about injuries. And I think big injury to talk about is uh, Zach Wierenski. He's out mm-hmm. the rest of the season. Uh, shoulder injury as well as a torn labrum for the official reports. Yikes. A big loss for a Columbus team that went one and two, uh, snapped their losing skid. Uh, still not doing great, but yeah, you know, even when they win, they lose. And, you know, those are the toughest wins to, <laughs> to take. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, I feel like it's frustrating. It has to be for like Blue Jackets fans, for even like us, like just casual people that watch them, you know, again, like I said last week, they usually have such a like a bite back to the people that they're playing, and they usually make you feel the fact that you played them, regardless of whether it's a win or a loss. And so it's, you know, injuries constantly plague teams. But, you know, when you lose a big guy like that, it's just it's frustrating. And it's not even just like a month or two. It's like the entire Mercy, season. Yeah. It's like, yeah. forget it. Forget any chance of just like having someone be a beacon of hope for your team. It's just yeah. it's, it, it's it's hard to watch. And, you know, um, and yeah, especially a guy like uh, Wierenski, where, you know, he was leading the team in blocks. We know how good he is defensively, offensively right. as well. He was really outside of Johnny Gaudreau. I'd offensive asset. He had five assists, eight points as well, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in in that uh, defense one position. So, you know, to lose a big offensive facilitator as well as uh, your defensive cornerstone is, is obviously a big blow. Uh, to the team that's already struggling. You know, they have eight points so far in the season. The only team in the Metro less than 10 uh, so far. So, you know, it, it's tough look for them. And the defense, too, you're talking about uh, the importance and how well it complements goaltending. Elvis Merzeklins mm-hmm. has not gone off to a great start. He's 2-5, and five, uh, 482 uh, goals allowed average, 863 save percentage. You know, it's been a tough go for uh, really the trio of goaltending that they put in uh, Columbus between him, Tarasov, and Corpus Allo. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, I haven't personally watched too many Columbus games or seen too many highlights because I I find it hard to believe that there are many. <laughs> uh, sorry, I don't mean to take a dig, but when you're doing that bad, I get it. But I can imagine, you know, with an, what'd you say, an 867 save percentage? Yep. Uh, it, I can't imagine he's letting in too many hard goals i don't know how it's like i'm sure he's letting in a few softies and it's just like it's hard to watch that when it's like even if your defense isn't the best even if they're doing most of their job and you know sometimes you know things are going to happen like you're going to have a bad game think bad things are just going to happen to you but when it feels like you just can't have you don't have a goalie who is even just making the easy stops I can imagine how much more defeating that must be for an off or for a uh, defense, you know, and it's just like, we're doing all the things right. But like, you know, if we fall back even a little bit, like we can't rely on someone back there to just like save our asses every once in a while. And I, I, I can't imagine how exhausting that must be. Yeah. And honestly, they, they won yesterday, beat Philly five to two. That was their best victory. I think maybe of the season, I think even going back to, Maybe early on in the season, maybe uh, New York, where mm-hmm. uh, it you know it's just a tough goal for Columbus. And we talked about obviously uh, we're in skiing his injury. Uh, also got a factor at the other side of a defense in uh, Good Branson. He had an upper body injury, left yesterday's win. Uh, Blankenberg came with a fractured ankle. Uh, Patrick Line missed a game earlier this week because of illness. So a lot of issues going on right now in Columbus, and not a fun time. Uh, for that team. Uh, penalty minutes, at least uh, one positive side. They're fourth in the league, uh, 99 penalty minutes, so not spending too much time in the box. That's good. 
it gives the defense somewhat of a break. <laughs> yeah, moving on to uh, Ottawa now. They went 0-1-1 this week, uh, seven straight losses. So, yeah, they they were off to a good start to the season. Uh, that's dissipated over the past couple weeks, as I said, on that seven-game skid. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, when you have a – it's it, you know, you, you can have, like, your mini lose streaks, you know, like one or two games. Like, that. that's just happening in the season. Like, it's an 82-game season. It's a long season. No one expects them to go 82-0, and 0, but seven games is a lot. Seven, you know, and it's just – I feel like there comes a point when you're losing so many games in a row where you just probably just start to feel a little helpless. And it's just like, what can we do when it feels like nothing we're doing is working? And I guess, I mean, we talked about it last week, but I guess the only in theory redeeming factor is the fact that Ryan Reynolds is showing some interest in buying them. I think he talked about it on Jimmy Fallon. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. There are a lot of late night talk show hosts, but, um, you know, he was like, I'm looking for someone with deep pockets. So I think he actually is really genuinely interested in it. And I think it would, it could be a good boost to morale, honestly, you know, just like having someone who's known as to be funny and like, you know, he plays Deadpool. Deadpool is a really funny character and just all these things and who's different and just kind of rejuvenate some life into this team. I mean, clearly they're not the worst team we've seen, but you know, they easily could be on the track that they're going. Who knows? They could go on a 10-game skid. Right, skit, there's but... been really a lot of uh, stagnancy, and this team's really struggled. Obviously, under uh, Eugene Melnick, you know, there was a lot of turmoil those, the past few years uh, before his passing, and now, you know, there's yeah, there's a big question mark uh, with ownership, because family is selling, and no big names really jumped out uh, specifically uh, to clamp at the team. I know there's been a rumor to be eight to twelve uh different potential buyers for the team, but I'd agree that, you know, uh a team management that has someone like Ryan Reynolds on as a minor- minority owner, great for the team, but also just great for the league as a whole to get that extra brand recognition. And as someone like Reynolds as well who's indicated he's, you know, pretty familiar with hockey, pretty knows uh the in and outs and uh, knows what to look for and isn't just, you know, a face uh, where you know they're kind of feeding him right. the company lines. He's gonna have his say, and you know that's really struggled the past few years. Could rejuvenate uh this squad. Yeah, I mean it would be fun to see, and I I hope something can change with them soon because I feel like, I mean I could you could argue that all fans are ready for a change, but I feel like Ottawa fans, especially you know, <laughs> they they want to be right in there. They yeah, they be... seem pretty eager for him because he was at the game on Tuesday, and they yeah, he got that. a standing ovation. <laughs> Even the players were, were cheering him on. You don't the see that. People too want often. it. Why not give the people what they want? He's pro- honestly yeah. watching like the next month. I bet you he's there's going to be an announcement of him like buying a, a share of the team or like something like that. They That'd that it's like officially in the works or whatever. That'd be, be pretty cool to see, you know. I wouldn't doubt it. Like that. He and has just powerful looking, friends. Just for this team, you know, the is uh, youthly in the way. Uh, Brady Chuck, 16 points, some of those off assists. Uh, Claude Giroux as well coming in from uh, Philadelphia, seven goals, 12 points. And this team really, it, it's they've been playing close games. It's just they've been losing a lot of them by one goal. So <laughs> that's really been the biggest issue during this uh, skid is that. You know, they keep the games close, but they're not able to uh, push through and get victory. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine how frustrating that must be. And again, it's just like one of those things. It's like we're that close. How are we constantly losing like this? (laughs) Which fits perfectly because uh, one team that uh, went through this was St. Louis, who just snapped their 
eight game skid over the past couple weeks, snapping it yesterday with the victory. One and two this week, uh, turning things around. <laughs> Finally. Still at the bottom of the central at a four yeah. and eight on the season, eight points. But yes, again, snap about so big, especially uh, during this part of the season where teams are still close. So if you're able to turn those losses around a victory, you're, you still have a, a shot at making the playoffs. Right. And I feel like a lot of people talk about like that benchmark time um, in, in the season, which most people classify as like American Thanksgiving. So it's like the third week of November. Mm-hmm. And that's like kind of what determined like in theory, what should determine whether or not people are going to the playoffs. And, you know, people are like, oh, well, the St. Louis Blues have done it before. You know, they've had this horrible record, turned it around and then won the Stanley Cup. And my whole thing with that is that's a beautiful thing to like, you know, that's like that hopeful story that like everybody wants to have. And like, it's like, okay, well, we can do it if we just try hard enough. That's fine. That's great. At the end of the day, though, that's not how you constantly want to win a Stanley Cup. And that's constant, not, that's not what you would like to be known for. <laughs> you know, you would like to be known as like a consistently strong team who worked really hard and who like, I don't know, can do it. You know, yeah, that, it's, that was really emphasized yesterday, too. You know, yeah, uh, those veteran names, uh, Tori Crew, Jordan Cairo, Brandon Saad, all scored for St. Louis. And that just getting three goals is big because they went four straight games uh, and mm-hmm. the four prior losses where they didn't even get to two goals. So, yeah. <laughs> so they were able to at least surpass that. And then getting some new guys up as well. And uh, Callie Rosen uh, mm-hmm. getting the uh, eventual game winner and uh, an assist as well. So, yeah, as you're talking about getting those new guys to really step up. Uh, was big there for St. Louis to turn around, and they beat San Jose, so you know they should have won this one. But it's good, yeah. to, it's a good get, especially when you go from facing the worst team in the league to facing the best league in, team in the league tomorrow in uh, Vegas. Who we'll get to. Yeah, I, I just you know you can't. I just feel like you can't play with the mentality of even if we get behind, we'll get ahead because it's not that that's going to round out eventually. And, you know, there are good teams like the Bruins, like the Knights, there are better teams that are going to beat you and they can, and they probably will. Like, just because this one, like this one in a million chance happened, doesn't mean you have to keep riding on it, but it's just, you know, probably stars need to step up and, you know, everybody, it just needs to be a more well-rounded team. And it's, I feel like it would probably be very frustrating to be a blues fan. I don't, particularly like blues fans as a blackhawks fan but you know i'm, I'm not i can only imagine how yeah. fr- i know how I, frustrating same, it can be to see your team demise like that so it's yeah. just and same you just Lewis, won a cup a few years ago and i say nashville to a similar extent and definitely i think uh in similar boats right now both of them at the bottom of the central singles four mm-hmm. and eight nashville five eight and one and uh, just moving on to them too you know having those similar issues to where uh not a lot happening uh, offensively, mm-hmm. and it you know lost two games uh, this week. Uh, be, did beat Vancouver four to three, but uh, losing Seattle and Colorado five one five three. Uh, yeah, we've seen a big regression on all sides of the puck. Goaltending as well mm-hmm. for Juicy Sorrow as uh, three and six on the season, three four six uh, goals allowed, uh, eight nine two save percentage. So it's been a tough go around for him and right. uh, just the team as well. You know, not really excelling. Anywhere, maybe outside penalty kill, they're at eighty percent, which is a uh, slightly above average uh, in the league, but thirteenth, so none too great there. Right, and I feel, you know, maybe they're trying to tank. Maybe they're just not saying anything about it. Who knows? Um, but it's just, I'm, I, at what point do you call a spade a spade and say that we're rebuilding? Like we need to start over. We lost some key players. 
it's not working with what we have and we just kind of need to not start from scratch because I feel like they do have some talent, but I don't think they have the talent they once had. Um, right. But it's just like, at what point do you, are you like, okay, we need to take a step back. We need to put in more depth. We need to get players that will score and that will consistently score because that's the thing you can score, right. And you can go on these great little streaks of scoring and having like 10 points in five games or whatever. But if you're not, consistently doing that then what's the point because you can't just have little bursts like that's not like you know at the end of the day you want to make the playoffs you want to make the playoffs why to win the stanley cup but you can't make the playoffs if you can't win and if you get in the playoffs and you can't win you're not winning losing is losing at the end of the day it doesn't matter how far you make it like yeah it's tough turnaround too for nashville they're a team that just managed to sneak to the playoffs at the end of last season. Right. Uh, Mealy got trounced by Colorado in four games. That's the only sweep mm-hmm. of the entire playoffs. Yikes. And yeah, the turnaround is that uh, really as just getting guys like uh, Phil Forsberg, uh, mm-hmm. five goals, 14 points. Uh, Nino Niederreiter, who they got from Carolina, six goals, uh, eight points on the season. Yeah, not a lot of scoring outside of that. And yeah, you're saying those names, you know, just not a lot really going on there. Tanner Janot, yeah. you know, four points, uh, 54 hits. But outside of that, mm-hmm. not much happening. Uh, yeah, they're struggling there. We talked about the goaltending as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely a team where they're playing uh, mediocre, mediocre hockey right now. And, you know, they face some of the better teams, too, to start off the season. And it's not really getting that much easier. No. Just looking at their schedule between this week and next week, they uh, lost to Seattle. Uh, lost to Colorado, gonna face New York tomorrow, gonna face Minnesota, then gonna face the Islanders uh, next Friday, and then after that, Tampa Bay. So, yeah, that's not an easy <laughs> schedule to be dealing with. We could yeah, see pretty, very well see an eight game skit again. <laughs> yeah, pretty stacked uh, start uh, to the season there for Nashville. And just moving on to the team they faced and the team that lost to them, uh, actually. Uh, in or rather, this was uh, earlier in the season, but in Vancouver, just l- slightly above a uh, national list here. They're at 26. They went one on one this week, lost their last game. But Vancouver, uh, three six and three in the season. Another team where honestly, offensively, they were off to a good start. Their top uh, got some guys uh, like Bo Horvat, uh, 12 goals, uh, Lice Patterson, 18 points. But you know, you're talking about names. JT Miller, his regression's really surprising. And yeah, we saw honestly. earlier this week, he had a bad giveaway. Uh, literally just passed it straight into uh, the defender's stick. And he was able to turn around and to convert it to a goal for the other team. I believe that was versus uh, Montreal. So, yeah. yeah, it is shocking. Yeah, and you know, as like a bigger star like that, and just in general, like I get it, you know, sometimes people make mistakes, but it seems like they collectively have made these like errors that shouldn't be there, you know? It's like, why... It's like, go back to the fundamentals of hockey, learn the 101 basics and then get out on the ice. It feels like that's what they kind of have to do because you can't make these types of mistakes. Fine. Every once in a while, but if it's like every game and it's costing you games, it's costing you goals. I feel like you have to turn around and be like, what discipline or what, what do I need to change about how I'm playing? Because it's clearly not working and our team isn't working. And it's just fine. They don't have the worst record in the league. Like they can scrape together a win, but who wants to play like that? Like who wants to constantly play like they're on their heels? Yeah, like it's it, just like it, it is crazy because you know this team right now, the starting season, is looking like a team from the start of last season under Travis Green. Mm-hmm. And, you know he gets replaced by uh, Bruce Boudreau, 
and the team really starts to turn around, just misses the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But it's really looking like they've regressed back to that Travis Green-led team under Boudreaux, which is insane. But you really see it, I think, de- uh, in the goaltending. Defensively as well, uh, you know, the worst penalty kill in the week, 21.7. Uh, they're 29th in penalty minutes, so, you know, taking a lot of penalties and it's not and obviously failing on penalty kill, but that's right. where Demko's one and seven on the seasons, averaging over four goals allowed per game, uh, eight seventy four save percentage. You know, he's I'm sorry, can you say that save percentage again? He's at eight seventy four. <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay. that's what I thought, but I was just like, I I feel like I need to. <laughs> that's I mean, yeah, you can't win games like that. I'm sorry, like it's you just. I don't like to put everything in the goaltender. I've played the goalie position before I used to play the cross, but like you also need to be able to make the saves. You also need to be able to help your team out to an extent. Like, you know, offense again, is all great and good, but if you can't make the saves and the other team has the offensive power to do so, and they have the defense, where are you expected to like win? Tell me, like, I just don't understand that. Like you have to be able to help out your team. It's a collective team sport, clearly. Like you have to be able to do the work. And it's just, it's frustrating sometimes to see these teams, like you were saying, like they had a head coaching change. In theory, you would think that they would come into this season, you know, coming off the off season, kind of training under Pedro and just kind of like building off that momentum and building off this like promising end of last season. Fine, they didn't get exactly what they wanted, but it was more promising than not. And it's just, I, I'm sure it's frustrating for everybody involved, but, and I'm kind of surprised that the team is this bad. I feel like he's a pretty decent coach, but yeah, um, this bad again is absolutely crazy. And yeah. not only that, but injuries are really impacting them now oh, as well. Yeah. Always. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it, it's a mountain right now. It's just tumbling on them, just bad news after bad news. It is, it is tough. But mm-hmm. we were talking about coaching changes, and I think sits well of our next team in uh, Chicago. Uh, they went 0-1-1 this week, two-game skid. Mm-hmm. But uh, just what have you seen so far under a uh, new coaching from uh, Richardson taking over from Calden? Truthfully, I actually feel like I see a lot of improvement. Um, you know, you, we have a lot of new guys. I probably couldn't tell you about a third of the roster just because I feel like <laughs> I don't know them. Um, and I'm always used you know, numbers, like player numbers changing and stuff. But I feel as if they look like they give a damn. And I feel like under Colin and they didn't like, they actually just looked like a team who didn't want to play for a coach. And I feel like that's one of the most disheartening things to see in a team, especially, you know, whether or not they're trying to tank, I feel like they tried hard not to. And then they were like, Oh wait, we were actually supposed to tank. And so like now they're kind of tanking. Um, they did lose against the Kings last night um, in overtime. It was actually, one of like it was to me it was like a quote-unquote vintage Blackhawks game like where it was a lot of fun very intense and you know fine they lost but at least it was a good loss you know and you can't have yeah yeah. but it's just like they look like a team and I don't know how else to describe that unless you've been watching them but that's how I feel about it and someone else could say something else but um I just I feel like they look like a cohesive team and they look like they want to be on the ice and they look like they're actually trying to play and actually having fun while doing it and I didn't see it under call it. And they look shitty. Like they just, they looked like they gave up on themselves and they gave up on life. And it was not a fun team to watch. Yeah. This is a team. I think a lot of folks, we included predicted finish probably last in the division. Me and too. They, and there you go. They've, they've been either. They're supposed to be worse than last year, but I think they played better than uh, they did at the start oh, of the season yeah. last year. hundred <laughs> percent. 
and uh, five, five, and three uh, goes to uh, show that. And so another positive for them is definitely defensively. You definitely see they're you know as you said, it's made up of a lot of really uh, bottom six guys from uh, previous teams. Obviously, mm-hmm. outside of Cannon Tays, got guys like Max Domi uh, came mm-hmm. in from uh, Carolina. Taylor Radish, who's a former Coyote. Uh, Lafferty, uh, Sam Lafferty from uh, Pittsburgh, uh, came in. Uh, Jared Tenori, who's on the Habs and the Rangers. Jack Johnson as well, former Av Ranger. Uh, you know, just yeah. Uh, Colin Beckwell as well, just complete the Rangers trio. But uh, <laughs> as you're saying, it's just a lot of these you know bottom six guys coming filling in. But I think defensively they're doing a respectable job. Uh, twelfth on the power play as well. We saw uh yesterday they uh their lone goals of the week so far came off the power play. Yeah, to be fair, they've only had last night's game this entire week. Just uh, putting that uh, well, the one before. <laughs> yeah, uh, the okay. one before also one play. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it is definitely a, the defensive side, or rather, uh, obviously that lack of scoring that's uh, uh, kind of impacting yeah. their rough start to the season so far. But also, really, I think the question mark in net because. Obviously, uh, moving on from Corey Crawford for such a long time is tough. Yeah, uh, that and Flurry didn't ha- or Subban didn't happen. There's a trio right now between Alex Stalik, uh, Peter Morazic, and Arvid Soderbrom, and yeah. uh, I don't know which of the threes look better. It <laughs> looks best. Truthfully, I think Morazic, um, as of right now, to be fair though, he just came off a groin injury. But honestly, the Blackhawks, of course, in Blackhawks fashion, no matter when they were good or not. Um, they put him to the test and he did as well as he could. And, you know, he just got beat simple, plain and simple in overtime. But I honestly, I think they're a lot more surprising than I thought they were going to be. You know, I always hope for a decent season, just being a fan, but truthfully, I, it probably sounds a little biased, but they do look a lot better than I feel like I even expected them to be. And moving on from team that, you know, expect to be bad. Not doing great, but it's surprisingly better than expected to a team that's very surprising in how poor uh they've gotten the season off. So bad. Sorry. Is Pittsburgh. I mean, wow. You know, are on a two game uh, victory streak now, but that came cause of snapping a seven game skid in last night's contest versus Washington. I mean, I don't know what else to say about Pittsburgh, truthfully. I feel like they just. I don't know. They're surprisingly bad, right? But it's also like, I just feel like time has finally caught up to them because I feel like they're kind of the Boston Bruins in that sense where I was always like, even with an aging core, they seem to be doing well. And they seem to always be consistently just decent, you know, like good, fun to root for and everything. But now I just feel like it's gotten just worse. And it's just like, wow, you're a shell of your former self. And, you know, you can't, it's hard to dig yourself out of the bottom. Like we've been saying this whole episode, but it's just, it's, it's hard to watch truthfully for a team just falls so hard from grace like that. Cause I feel as if it wasn't very subtle. It just kind of happened more abruptly than not. But um, right. yeah, I just, it's interesting to see. Yeah. And uh, some of these losses too earlier uh, in the month, they had that shootout versus Boston. They lost six to five, followed that up losing to Buffalo six to three. Uh, then lost to Seattle, uh, three to two. Finally getting wins over Washington. Then today, uh, four two win over Toronto. But yeah, they were I mean, go back to mediocre. Is just how they've been playing. They're playing stagnant, and they're yeah. starting to 
figure things out now, getting these couple wins under their belt, which is huge mm-hmm. for them. You know, we expect them to be talking about them this early in the trash or cash segment, <laughs> you know, in their 24th. Yeah, exactly. 24th in our uh, rankings list, which feels too low, but just how they've been playing stuff to rank him high. And well, when you're, that's bad, despite, you're bad, and that's despite them being 12th in the league, 46 goals scored. Uh, they've the problem is they've given up 45 goals, yeah, uh, which is 19th in the league. And their power plays only shooting a 18.8 uh success rate. So you know it's real tough, especially when the penalty kills under uh 80. So you know you're not able to uh provide that defense to keep up with uh the offense that we've been seeing so far. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's hard to watch them demise like this, but it's just, I don't know, you just need to find something that works, and it seems like they could be on the up and up, right? Like, I think, truthfully, I don't think they're going to stay this bad for long. I could be 100% wrong, but just knowing the staff, knowing just everything about the team that I do, I don't feel like they're going to be, sorry, I'm, I'm, my, my eye goes to uh, the, the Seattle game right now because, they almost just started a fight and it really was interesting <laughs> to me, but you know, it could, it could very well go up and, you know, they are on two game win streak. Not that it's much of a streak, but it's something it's better than nothing, somewhere. but yeah. right. Exactly. You got to start somewhere. I mean, you would like to see them dig themselves out of the hole they made, but you would also like to not see themselves dig themselves yeah, into the a- hole. The benefit for them is you talking about those uh, elder statesmen and those, <laughs> is that those stars are going to, uh, drag him up, kicking and screaming whether the rest of the team wants to or not. Right. And look at the top players. Uh, Crosby, ready, 9 assists, 15 points, plus 1 on the ice. Yuji uh, Malkin, 5 goals, 8 assists. Jake Gunso, uh, 7 goals, 12 points on the season. Uh, 10 hits as well on top of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Zucker as well, 30 hits uh, on the season. 28 shots on goal, 9 points out of it all. You know, those, those four in particular, they've been, I think, the bright sp- spots of the season so far. With the rest of the team uh, not really playing up to level we expected, like Jeff Carter or a Kasperi mm-hmm. Kapanen or a Jeff Petrie. So for those guys, you know, with, you know, the, those three or four players, you know, always uh, being good, especially Crosby. You know, he's someone so talented that he's someone who can single-handedly carry this team to at very least a uh, final wildcard spot if the rest of the team <laughs> doesn't live up uh to their standard, but mm-hmm. you know, it's just so shocking. And it, it was the same way too for our next team in Washington. Uh, they won, yeah. won their last game, but you know, to a point, you know, it's another team to where it's a lot of elder states by Alex Ovechkin in that yeah. front, but you know, I didn't expect them to do this bad. Yeah. Well, truthfully, I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that they have had a lot of injuries to their team, like Nicholas Backstrom how are you going to tell me like that's that's Ovechkin's kind of like right-hand man I just right. feel like those two go together very well that's all yeah. Not, but it's just like you know you have Wilson and they've both been out since the beginning of the season Carl Hagelin since CL so that's what's going to be wild till he comes back right who knows yeah. I was just going to say who even knows if he'll come back sooner <laughs> rather than later mm-hmm. um just because you know fine it's healed it doesn't mean it's working right but you know Carl Haglin out since October 19th, Connor Brown, November 1st, and he'll be out until at least May 1st is yeah. what they say. Oh, she and also. Carlson are on IR. Mm-hmm. Like, and then Orlov is day-to-day. What team do they have left besides Alex Ovechkin? And believe it or not, he can't score all the right. goals. I didn't know yeah, that, by it's... the way. I didn't know he couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, he has eight goals, obviously, uh, leading the team. Right. Uh, 13 points, you know, 
their big three with again those injuries. You've seen Dylan Strome, former Blackhawk, step up, eight assists, twelve points. Don't five need you to talk about him like <laughs> but he he's has stepped been, up really yeah. well, in my opinion. Anyway. Yeah, uh, no bias. Juni Kuznetsov also eleven points on the season. You know those three. You know we're talking about like oh, it was for Pittsburgh. You know those three. They they could drive this team kicking us, kicking and screaming to the very least a potential wild card spot. Oh, yeah. uh, with the offense they bring, uh, 41 goals scored as a team, which ranks them 18th on the season. A uh, top 10 team in power play still, 25 scored so far. Really, again, uh, the question mark goes back to goalie. We talked about this mm-hmm. last time as well. It's just Darcy Kemper, uh, nice. reigning Stanley Cup champ, uh, goaltender. Yeah. Science of Washington still trying to figure himself out. The goals allowed average is under 2.5, which is good. Uh, 916 save percentage, but a 4-6 win-loss uh, record and 27 goals allowed so far. Yeah. Um, I mean, it. Could, I think that, you know, you're right. It is definitely trying to figure out a new team, and it's hard to do that, especially when half of your team, it seems to be injured. Um, you know, it's because it's something that I talked about last week. It's fine. You call up these AHL players and who knows how long these people will be out, but then you get used to them. And then now you have to get used to teammates you didn't even know before. So it's just, it, it's hard, you know, and like, fine, preseason is great and all, but it's like, it, if they're injured then or they're like not playing because, you know, they want to preserve them, you don't really gel then. And it's just, it's just hard to work with that. But I truthfully think that the one reason I'm not too worried about them is because you're right. Like the power play is doing pretty decent. If the power play was doing bad, then I'd really, really worry about the Washington capitals. But I think once they get healthy, you know, maybe if they take a good break, um, I'm not sure about their upcoming schedule, but I think that they could, if they get back a few players, they could, they could improve. And I think we won't see them down this, like this far down the list for too long, unless these injuries keep plaguing them. But that's just my opinion. Right. And we've seen, you know, they look like getting some of those guys back. We talked about Carlson. I was like, he came back, uh, played yesterday, got his 600th uh, career point as a defenseman. It's incredible stuff from him. And Kemper is well bouncing back from that tough Mm -hmm. loss versus Pittsburgh, uh, getting that win uh, versus Tampa. Uh, five to one, a uh, big outing there. And again, it's a tough task for them. Going to face Colorado, uh, Philadelphia has been surprisingly good. Calgary, Jersey, and then Vancouver for the rest of the month. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's also uh, prior to all that too. They're going to be facing Florida and St. Louis. So, and yeah, Tampa they- again tomorrow. So <laughs> they got a stack November for the most part. Right, they got some challenges, and I mean, hopefully they can pull out a few wins and gain some momentum even with the big guys that aren't there for them to carry yeah. them. As I said, one of those teams they're going to be facing is Calgary and looking at mm-hmm. them so far, they went 0-0-2. They had one goal losses in three of their last five contests and yeah, it's been tough for the Flames to really buy a win uh, to over this recent, recent stretch of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of their problems do lie in goaltending you know, Jacob Markstrom, he isn't performing, I feel like, at the at the level people would like him to. I mean, you could. I feel like we could argue this for most goalies in the league as of right now, but, you know, it's really hard when your goalie isn't even doing average and they're kind of just, like, below average. It's like, okay, fine. We, you, we're, we're not expecting you to go out here and be our law mom, but we're expecting you to go out here and do the job that we pay you for at the end of the day, right? Because at the end of the day, even if these are just games, they are also still jobs for people and they're still getting paid a lot of money. And it's like, we, we are investing, especially in goaltending. I feel like it's such an investment for a team. So it's really hard 
when your investments aren't working out. And it's like, it's also hard when you can't go back and cut your losses because you don't have anything to go and make up for that. And it's just, it's a give and take. That's a very hard, especially that's very hard, especially with goaltending. Yeah, it, it, it just shocked me. Daryl Suter, uh, the head coach for Flames, he said, you know, this team, he still s- believes that they're playing really good. You know, they've lost seven straight. They're 0-5-2 in their last seven games. And last night's loss, 3-1 uh, to one to Boston yeah. uh, didn't help. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're starting to look a little better, I think, uh, mm-hmm. defensively. But as you're talking about, the goaltending has definitely been uh, a big issue there. Uh, looking at Markstrom. He's at a uh, two nine seven goals allowed, eight nine three save percentage, and again, just talking about defensively as a whole, not a lot of guys in uh, the plus minus uh, department there, as well as just the team as a whole, just getting outscored forty three to thirty eight on the season. Yeah, you know, not really excelling at any one area of on the stat sheet. Yeah. And it's just, it's going to be hard when, you know, it's not even just like the main goalie that's not doing well. It's also the backup, but, you know, hopefully they can, ju- I mean, would you say? Oh, five and two. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's still hard. It's not a great record. Like fine. You get two points out of it, but those two points could have also been four points and those five losses also could have gone either way, but they didn't. And it's just like, you know, you got to, at some point you just, have to like keep your head above water and i don't know if they can do that and right. who knows if they'll turn it around maybe the goalies will go on a hot streak and we will see them rise in the ranks but you know i think um a test against the capitals will be interesting and it could be it's a test for both of them it's like can you guys survive without your star players for the capitals and then for calgary can you actually show up for a game and play a complete yep. game <laughs> yeah that one's gonna take place uh, in a couple weeks 25th november uh, right after Thanksgiving, it's gonna be a fun game to watch and keep track of there. Moving on as well, just keeping it uh, in the West is turning to Minnesota, and they're another team. Uh, went one and one this week. Uh, won their last contest, but yeah, a team where you know they've been uh, middling and well, obviously not on as much of a cold streak as. Calgary, they're another team that, you know, made playoffs last season and hasn't really looked like that playoff self. Yeah. I mean, they're six, six and one, and I think they're okay. Like, I don't think clearly they're in the middle of the pack for a reason. They're because they're not doing horrible, but they're not doing amazing. Um, I feel like they always have some problems with goaltending and I know Marc-Andre Fleury's on there and I know he's a newer guy. So it's a little bit, it's probably just like still getting used to the team. I don't feel as if they're going to stay, like, I think they're just going to stay average or like a little bit above average. I don't think they're going to go super far down. Um, I think they're at a perfect spot in the sense of like where we rank to them, but I just, I don't know. I just feel like they're doing okay. They're doing what they're supposed to do. Whether or not it works out is kind of, it's like, it seems like it's up to the hockey God's fate at that point, but. That's yeah. That's definitely the weird thing too. Minnesota. You're talking about flurry. Uh, it's five and three on the season. Uh, three seventeen goals allowed. Uh, eight nine six eight percentage. He is new to the system. Uh, he did come in during the last season at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. But you know he's someone again, one of those veteran goaltenders in the league. So you're talking about that adjustment period, and again, just relying on that experience. It's interesting seeing. You know, we're not seeing that same flurry we saw in Vegas, or obviously before that in Pittsburgh, but specifically in Vegas where he's able to adjust well. Uh, transitioning from uh, Pittsburgh uh, to the Golden Knights. Yeah. And with this Minnesota team, too, there's not a lot of new faces because they're really uh, cap stricken 
mm-hmm. their budget was uh, during the offseason. So mm-hmm. they re-signed Caprizov, obviously. He has 10 goals, 15 points. Uh, Zuccarello as well, 17. Uh, Edis says 13 points. But, you know, it's the usual names of faces doing their thing. But as you said, it's tough to see how far this team could grow. It's just because, again, of all those uh, pre-existing limitations on the team. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, you have your big names, right? And I feel like this is something, at least I always think, I always hear. Um, you have your big names, and that's great. That's perfect. You know, you want the people that you're paying a lot of money to be good at their job, to be doing their job. But at the same time, you can, they're human. They will not always be 100% on, and you do need those, quote-unquote, like, lesser players, even, like, you know, those non-star players, but those solid players, you need them to step up, and you need them to actually, like, play, and you need them to score, and you need them to defend, and you need them to do these things, because that's what makes a complete team, is the people that pick up the slack when the stars can't keep going, or need a rest, or need something. Offensively, we're seeing it on the power play, you know, this team's sixth in NHL, 26.7 power play percentage, but Mm -hmm. goals scored-wise, you know, they're 23rd. Yeah. And, I mean, you can have a good power play, but... All right, you look at some of the lackluster teams that are scoring better than them. And you got guys like Caprizov, Zuccarello, uh, uh-huh. Eric Sinek, uh, Jarris Persian, uh, defensively, Ryan Hartman uh, mm-hmm. as well. You know, guys you'd be expecting to not get goals, at least get assists. But, you know, outside of really Caprizov and uh, Zuccarello, not much. And Matt Boldy, you know, not much really happening there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm just watching. I'm just looking over at the game because I have it on right now. They're still tied at 0-0, and I didn't realize that ESPN Plus did not provide the shots on goal <laughs> on that. And I, I think that's really frustrating as like a hockey fan to not see that. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah, and just moving on to uh, the Eastern side now for Buffalo. Their team is frust- frustrating to watch because you know they started off season a lot better than anticipated, but over the past couple weeks, can't buy a win. They lost uh, versus Carolina and Tampa Bay, and then this week they lost to Arizona, and obviously getting uh, blown guess, in uh, Jack Eichel's homecoming. Uh, yes, I think we should save Jack Eichel for the Vegas yes, Knights, yes. but um, <laughs> I'm sure they miss him now. It was Jack Eichel in his prime, and that's all I'm going to say. However... I feel like this is a very typical Buffalo thing to do. They start very hot and people are like, wow, are the Sabres actually going to be like decent? Oh my God. Like, should we actually tune in? You know, they, they went eight to three over the Red Wings and the Red Wings, to be fair, like they're actually doing pretty good this season, which I yep. feel like shocks a lot of people, but you know, once again, like once teams gel, especially if they're young, it's, they have a lot of fun. Anyway, that's not the point. Um, but then you know, they go on these, like, losing streets, and it's just like, god damn, like, we were so close. It's like when you see the point, and you're like, I'm, I am I know, and I'm almost there, and then it's like they just go downhill instantly. And it's just, it to me, it's a very typical Buffalo thing. Not that it's a great thing, but it seems like it's just something that they do every season. And maybe they'll get better. Yeah, I'm just watching watch this team, and they, you know, Kind of fits uh, to what we're talking about for a couple of these teams like Minnesota and Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. where offensively, specifically for Buffalo, they are the extremes. Like offensively, they are extremely dynamic. Fourth mm-hmm. in the league, four goals scored, uh, seventh in power play, twenty six power play percentage. Mm-hmm. But defensively, they are towards the bottom. Uh, it's given up forty nine goals. Even yesterday to Vegas, 
Wow. And as you're talking about, you know, guys like Tage Thompson picking up from his great year last year, 10 goals, 18 points. Rasmus Dahlin right behind him, 10 assists, 17 points. Jeff Skinner, 12 points. Alex Took, 11. You know, those guys are looking good and offense looking nice. But yeah, defense and goaltending, especially with uh, Eric Comrie, is at a uh, four and six on the season, giving up uh, 3.6 goals per contest at a 85 save percentage. Craig Anderson, uh, the four year old wonder, Backing him up is a three and one in his four starts, <laughs> nine twenty seven save percentage. So, yeah, I mean, it's again, it kind of seems like you know they belong right in the middle. They're doing average, and I feel like their hot start is the only reason they also are ranked a little bit higher. It's just because you know right. they went on this decent win streak, and then now it's like we're seeing okay. the other side now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we're seeing it's getting the ugly. and it's not getting like, better. Uh, turning from. Uh, the best team the league in Vegas yesterday to the other best team the league in Boston tomorrow. So good luck yeah, to Buffalo. Be, My heart right. goes out. <laughs> but it'd be it'd be a big proving game for Buff- Buffalo if they do manage to snap the skid against mm-hmm. Boston. You know, could definitely see them moving up just because not only how polarizing these rankings have been for the start of this season, but all, just also again just their offense. It is it is clicking. It was clicking at least till this week. But it has been clicking for a lot of the season. And if it comes back, this would be a dangerous squad, especially with the youth they have on this team. Similarly to our next team we're going to be talking about in Arizona. They went 3-0 and this week, won four of the last five games. And defensively, they've only given up three goals in their games played this week. They're off to... Uh, talking about teams where we expected nothing from them, they are among the top in terms of surpassing expectations so far. I mean... You, I couldn't have said it better myself, but it, it's just insane. And you know what? I actually saw someone say something. They were like, you know, Arizona's being very unexpectedly, like, quote unquote, good. I wouldn't be surprised if, um, or not, I wouldn't be surprised if they said it, I would, it would be very fun to watch, you know, uh, the playoff game in their uh, college arena. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was really funny. Um, it's just, yeah, they're, they're a lot better than I thought. Not a lot better. Well, I guess, yes, a lot better in Arizona terms, but it's just like they're doing pretty decent. And, you know, we ranked them higher than like even teams I like. And it's just like, wow, okay, this yeah. is interesting. I mean, you put them above the Buffalo freaking Sabres. And not that, not that I feel like the Buffalo Sabres are doing super great or super horrible, but it's just like, I mean, they're, they're trending downward. But it's like, yeah. damn, I didn't expect this from Arizona. I kind of expected them to either take a draft pick or – I don't know, maybe go away. But like they clearly right. aren't going down without a fight. <laughs> I was like, it's still early for all that potentially happen. But yeah, this is a lot more than expected. But yeah. this this stretch for them is huge. It's fitting too. They beat the Islanders yesterday, shut them out yeah. uh, to nothing. But uh, the point of that is, you know, we were talking about the college uh, arena they're going to be playing in. It's under construction currently uh, to uh, bring it up to league standards. So yeah. Coyotes are playing, including their previous three games. 14 straight games on the road. So, wow. So similarly to what the Isles had to face last year, where I think it was 12 uh, straight games on the road to start the season. Mm-hmm. They didn't play a home game, I think, till after Thanksgiving. Wow. Uh, but yeah, for Arizona, they this is a big test for them. Uh, obviously facing a similar scenario the Isles faced last year to where, you know, we look at New York last year and that, 12 game road trip really did a number on them both in mm-hmm. terms of health and also just the outlook for the season because they never really recovered from that so a pretty good start to the season this year so if arizona is able to 
uh, put off more respectful effort, maybe get six or seven wins yeah. uh, in that stretch. You could really be seeing them uh, come uh, in a competitive opportunity, competitive chance to fight for a playoff spot in December or January, which is, again, does something we anticipated. Yeah, I think we expected them to be the worst team in the league and yeah. You know what? Gut on them. Let them prove everybody wrong and maybe I'd... actually earn back a real NHL stadium instead <laughs> of a knockoff. But I yeah. mean, who knows? Truth. I'm not trying to be mean. Like, I'm not trying to be a hater, but like, who knows how long this can possibly last? Right. It, it is funny. We talked about Buffalo and Arizona back to back. You know, goal yeah, wise, know. they're not really the best teams in scoring, but they are one and two in terms of shooting percentage. With uh, Arizona right behind Buffalo shooting at uh, 12%. So far this season, that's the third best power play in the league, just under 30%. Uh, big reason for that in uh, Clayton Keller, four goals, 11 assists, really a quarterback team. Uh, Nick Ritchie and uh, Lawson Kraus, two of their best goal scorers at six goals apiece. Yeah, I mean, you know, if they can keep it up, it'll be interesting to see where they can end up in a few weeks. Not not that the end of the season happens in a few weeks, but, you know, to see if they progress or if they just right. become what we all thought they would become. Yeah, we really see that, like, Thanksgiving uh, time period as really a sweet spot to, you know, we kind of figure out which teams are going to be in the fight, which teams aren't. And right, another exactly. team facing that scenario is Montreal. They're 7-6-1 and one on the season. Uh, we ranked them 18 because they win 2-1, and one, won two straight contests in the week. And are a team where it's looking at them. Not really, again, not really excelling at one particular point, as we <laughs> talked about last week. Maybe that's like the penalty kill. It's a uh, 10th right. in the league, 81%. But, you know, under Marty St. Louis, they've really started, really been following a strong system, and it's been successful for them, uh, <laughs> getting them getting a gritty win over Detroit and a pretty easy win over Vancouver. Oh, Vancouver, <laughs> didn't, this was no favors uh, back on Wednesday, 5-2. Uh, mm-hmm. to two. But... I think a couple big wins heading into games versus Pittsburgh and New Jersey the upcoming days. Yeah, I mean, I think we can't talk about, I don't think we can talk about the Montreal Canadiens without talking about Safkovsky's dangerous and whether intentional or not, really bad hit against um, Detroit's Matt Love. You know, Matt Love is out for 10 to 12 weeks. Um, I know the poor kid, he also took a Matt Love took a puck to the mouth an 89 mile an hour puck lost some teeth got some stitches and then he comes back and then he gets slammed into the boards I think you know I know he's a kid I know Safklovsky is a kid and he probably didn't intend to harm him I don't I, I truthfully find it very hard to believe that a lot of people go out there and hit somebody and cross check them and go out right. with the intention of really, really hurting somebody. I know he, so like, I'm going to try to give him some benefit of the doubt, but like, you know, he is a kid in the terms of like the league, like he's a rookie and things like that. At the end of the day, he's still more aware of what he's doing with his body and he needs to be very aware of the things that he's doing. Intentional or not, you got to be in control of yourself. And, you know, he got, I think, what is it, a two-game suspension? Yeah, two games, yeah. yeah did he get any and fines? I think the max <laughs> the max they'd allow, fine they allow, yeah. Yeah, and it's it was, just... Uh, yeah, it's, no, it was, it was definitely shocking and, yeah, not, not expected. Again, something didn't seem like it was intentional. He's... Yeah. He, really, that youth uh, tandem between him and uh, Hayjack as well, the... Right, defensemen. Yeah, you know, those two have really been playing a more grittier style uh, than they were in their 
uh pre NHL days. Yeah. But yeah, it's you know, first overall draft pick, don't wanna be uh making moves like that. I don't think it's gonna be something we've seen a lot going forward, obviously. Right. But you know, he's someone too that was off I thought a really uh good start to the mm-hmm. season, you know, in spite of that. Yeah. And it's gonna be a big test for Montreal losing uh, a guy like that for these next couple games. Yeah, and I was just like sorry. Two games where, you know, they won with him in the lineup and you're going up against Pittsburgh and Jersey. And Jersey, yeah. especially, you know, real hot team there. But Oh yeah. Yeah, for it's just for a team too to where you, you want to see the offensive numbers continue to rise. Right. He was someone who's contributing to that. Yeah, and it's it's also you need to just be aware of what you're doing. And, you know, I think this is gonna be a big learning opportunity for him. And it's just like, you know, I hope he learns and I you know, who knows what he said to um, Luff and who knows what their interaction was like, you know, after the game and things like that. But I hope he just realizes right. he needs to just be a little bit more aware of what he's doing. Yeah, that's and that's an 18 year old, too. Or I think yeah, I know. That's what I'm trying to give him some <laughs> grace. Like, I get it. Right. Like, it's, you know, but, it's probably a lot of nerves and stuff like that. But it's it's still like you still need to be aware of what you're doing. Yeah, but it's something to me where I don't he's got a style. It's working for him through 10 games. There is three goals. As a mm-hmm. again, as eighteen year old, and mm-hmm. style, if it's working, you want to see keep working. Again, obviously, don't want to see the injuries happen. But oh no, <laughs> if he's he's been making it work so far, and he's someone who you know he's in that bottom six. But you know, maybe and it was the pace that's going. The next couple of years, you can really start seeing him slide up those lines if he's able to really retain it. And he's someone again hasn't shied away from uh, the aggressiveness. Thirteen hits so far this season. Yeah. I, I think. Everybody in a fight, or I uh, definitely been in a penalty box a few times. Uh, 19 yeah. penalty minutes already. Jesus. Uh, so, yeah, definitely a big thing there. But also a reason again why Montreal mm-hmm. is uh, seven six and one so far. As uh, we move on now to Detroit uh, team, they went uh, two one and one. Have dropped their last couple games. Mm-hmm. But a team we're starting to enter the middle of our rankings here. It's seventeenth team. And these next three or four teams are really tricky to rank just because they all have been playing, I think, similarly to where they have, well, Detroit, they've been playing around where we've expected them, maybe even exceed expectations in some aspects. But yeah. it's so tough to rank these teams just because, you know, expected them in a sense to be a little ahead of where they are so far. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just a young team. They're, um, you know, they're a little bit inconsistent, which is, I mean, I think to be expected of a younger team. Uh, but I think they're also having a lot of fun playing hockey. I think I said it about them last week, or maybe I said it about the Hurricanes, but I think they're having a lot of fun with what they're doing. And I think they're finding themselves in their game and they're like, and in their team. So I think that as we see them going forward, we're going to see a lot more consistency rather than inconsistency. But, you know, it, I think they're going to just evolve more and they're going to be a really dangerous hockey team to play. And, you know, when poor Matt Love comes back, maybe he can actually just play some hockey instead of getting injured constantly. Yeah. But um, I, I think they're going to end up in a playoffs position. And I think regardless of, I think it won't be a wild card personally. I think they're actually going to get like a decent wild, or not decent wild card position, a decent playoff position. And I think it's just going to be interesting to see how they unfold. I'll kind of be shocked if yeah. they go, if they start trending more downward than upward, truthfully. Yeah, this. And they've been playing gritty hockey so far, and it worked out for them uh, so yeah. far this month. Beat Washington, uh, shut out the Islanders 3-0, uh, beat the Rangers at the Garden 3-2. Then they lost to Montreal on the 8th, and yesterday they lost 8-2 in the game that was uh, 2-2 entering the third period. They gave up 6 unanswered. 
And, you know, it kind of shows Detroit's, you know, kind of play style for success where they really need to control uh, the, the puck, really control possession. Because that third period, you know, that was the most comfortable I've seen the Rangers play in a long while. And they've had, they had the puck for a long time. Mm-hmm. And we actually talk about the Rangers now because we ranked them one above Detroit at the 16th yeah. spot. But just talking about that game, you know, Detroit, both teams played pretty neck and neck. Detroit thought played better in the first. New York definitely, well, New York played better, slightly better in the second. But that third period was all New York. They scored four goals in about a 250 time span just because they, Detroit just looked they did not have the energy to keep up with New York and the high tempo offense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I talking about New Jersey's or uh, Detroit, rather Detroit's uh, success really came off going back to their win over New York on Sunday mm-hmm. was them controlling the puck, uh, obviously getting in front of the opponent's shots, but you know, also just doing a good job, especially on the short side of just beating the goaltending and, mm-hmm. and Rangers didn't let that happen. And in fact, on the other side, uh, they did a lot of, uh, Cross crease a lot of uh, ice to ice passing and um, made it work in that aspect. So for Detroit, short turnaround to face uh, LA and then Anaheim on the West Coast trip this week. And for the Rangers as well, they went one one and one, won their last game, uh, which was big because they were on a three game skid and they already had one four game skid. Mm-hmm. So you know to have two in half week time period, major red flags. Still red flags, I think, for this Rangers team anyway. But just them being able to get back in uh, the win column is uh, big for them so far. Yeah. Um, I think truthfully, all I'm going to really say is they've been a little bit lackluster. They haven't yeah. been the way I've expected them like producing or winning. I thought they would be truthfully a lot better than they are. I don't think they're horrible. Clearly like they're in the middle for a reason, but there is a lot of hockey left to be played. And I think they, they can do better. And I think they need to expect more from everybody because you know the good the great stars need to be better the good people need to be better everybody just needs to be better and i think that's the theme for them is just be better yeah and is, play you know, a full 60 see, minutes like, exactly that's definitely their issue just watching those losses is that you know yeah. they, they will take a period or two off and can't do that especially against a team like boston but then right. they do it against detroit and give up you know they were up 2-0 start of the first period on sunday then they gave up two straight and then Kind of mm-hmm. coasted through the third and then made dumb penalties, lost in overtime. Yeah. Uh, versus the Islanders, a uh, similar thing where they're up 3 1, uh, started the third period, uh, coasted, and uh, they got beat, uh, lost 4 3, got no points out of that. And mm-hmm. you know, through the first two periods, again, they were playing even with Detroit, and really it was until that last period where they started to break away and step up. But uh, no, to your point, obviously, you know, the big talk around New York and this team has really been Kreider and his role because before yesterday he was silent for a lot of the season picked it up with all of a couple goals uh yesterday looked a lot better for sure uh six goals on the season Zibanejad as well stepping up now nine goals 18 points and uh Artem Panarin quarterbacking uh the attacks definitely been a, a big plus for them 16 assists 21 points mm-hmm. and he was it was evident yesterday too it's just uh Panarin's Benajad Fox as well Fox scored a couple goals uh also early and trying to get uh, some tippins uh, past the goalie, but you know those three really spearheading that attack is really starting to get the rest of the guys uh, to get more involved. We've seen Jimmy, who's been moved up now to the first line, uh, he scored a goal yesterday. Uh, Julian Gatier, when he was healthy, uh, scoring as well. Libor Hijack as well got a goal yesterday, which is uh, insane. Fender, who hasn't been doing much, but 
uh, did manage to score in his 100 game played. So for the Rangers, as you said, just got to keep this momentum and uh, carry it as they play Nashville uh, and Arizona and Seattle again in the coming week. Yeah, I agree. And similarly to New York, uh, underachieving teams, Tampa, you know, to they were in the Stanley Cup finals last year. And so we haven't ranked 15th, uh, you know, in the middle yeah. of the power rankings because they went uh, one and two this week entering tonight, uh, lost two straight games. And this team having that Stanley Cup hangover, I think we've seen yeah. uh, many teams in the past suffer. Yeah, I mean, I again, I think like the Rangers, I don't have much to say about them except the fact that like, you know, it's a well, especially with the Lightning, like it's another big team to fall. It's just it's interesting to see where they're at. And it's like I feel um, like the Penguins, like they kind of just fell so quickly. And it's interesting. You know, last year they were in the finals. It was insane. Like they were like, "Oh my god, is, are they actually going to do it again?" And people were super yes. excited. And it's just, it's, it's interesting to see them. Similarly just... to New York, to where Shesterkin's kind of fallen down to earth. Feel the same mm-hmm. way for uh, Vasilevsky, uh, for yeah. sure. Still a nine ten save percentage, uh, two ninety uh, goals allowed, but you know it's four and four on the season, including overtime loss. Right. And and just the team as a whole isn't really excelling at one particular point. The offense definitely taking a big step back. They're 17th in the league, 42 yeah. goals scored. Uh, defensively, they've given up 40 goals. And so a lot of these games have been uh, pretty neck and neck. And yeah. add on to their, uh, their losing skit. They have a home-home versus Washington, and they lost uh, pretty big to them today, 5-1. to one. So, yeah. So they have a, a day or two to turn around and uh, Get ready to rematch against Washington after having already lost to uh, Edmonton uh, mm-hmm. earlier in the week. Yeah, I think that um, I, th- I think they can't. I don't think they're going to do bad. Like I don't. I think the. I just think the organization won't let them. <laughs> I don't know how else <laughs> to say it. I just think you know they're going. They're the Lightning. Right. They're going to be okay. But I think that they just they really need to wake up they need to realize that they're playing actual hockey and they just need him to stop kind of coasting because i feel like that's kind of what they're doing but that's just how i feel yeah. again these are it's... all opinions <laughs> doesn't mean it's true yeah again it's really the offense who's just just seeing them you know we even see them switch to the power play which is shocking because that doesn't happen too often over the past few years really i don't think since uh the year they got knocked out the first round you know we've yeah. seen them really switch up Power plays like that. We saw them switching lines uh, in today's game, which didn't work. But you know they they've been trying it, and they're trying to find a spark. As is uh, another team in Toronto, fourteenth uh, on our list. They're back on the two game skid, seven five and three on the season. Yeah, uh, another team where they're you know up and down. In Toronto's case, uh, facing tough teams in uh, Vegas, you know, understandable loss there. But also losing to Pittsburgh, uh, surprisingly, earlier today. Uh, that one, they lost 4-2. to two. Yeah, honestly, I know they're in, like, the middle of our rankings just because, like, they have a 7-4-3 record. However, I just don't feel like they've been very consistent from game to game. And it's kind of like a toss-up. And I mean, like, you could say that about anything. But I feel like, especially with the Leafs, like, I just feel like their stars have been inconsistent. Like, their goaltending is constantly inconsistent, in my opinion not trying to knock any goaltenders ever trust me but i just i feel like they're just an inconsistent team from game to game and i i you know they don't have a horrible record but it's just like you know 
you win against one good team and then you lose against Pittsburgh. It's like, what, what are you, what are, what's going on there? You know, like, right, are you okay? Like to Toronto does a lot similar to Vancouver to where uh, they do a lot to where, uh, you know, they, they make bad penalties mm-hmm. Well, in the sense, or even in not penalties, just bad blunders where the other team turns around and capitalizes on it. I think today was a good example. You know, uh, Austin Matthews, you know, had a clear opportunity, uh, try to get out the zone, didn't pass got intercepted and, they Pittsburgh turns it around and that turns uh, into a goal uh, by Eugene Malkin. So, you know, it, it, I kind of feel like is Toronto season so far. And mm-hmm. statistically, they actually got better defense. Than they didn't do offense. You know, they have 38 goals wow. allowed, which is eighth in the league. But offensively, they only have 40 goals uh, scored so far, which is especially by Toronto standards and mm-hmm. a team with John Tavares, Austin Matthews, uh, you know, Mitch Marner. You know, that's uh, surprisingly low. And moving on now to the 13th team on our list, and that's LA, the Kings. And team, I think a lot of people would be surprised is ranked this high, but Very you know, when you look at the last couple of weeks, especially this week, you know, it's hard to rank them low on our list. You know, a three game win streak all by one goal, but they beat Florida five to four. Then they shut out Minnesota one nothing for, uh, t- uh, as we mentioned, topping Chicago two to one in overtime. But, you know, statistically, this is a team where they've looked, they've exceeded expectations by far to start start off the season, and they've been playing incredibly well. Fifty one goals scored already, uh, offensively for them. You know they've doing a great job, and really feel like controlling the game for over these past couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, I feel like truthfully, I feel like the LA kind of went underwent a rebuild without kind of doing a rebuild. Like I feel right. like they like have some young, yeah. yeah um kind of like a rebrand no yeah. <laughs> um, but i feel like while they have older veterans that are there to like guide the kids they also have good kids that are playing well and i feel like it kind of is just like a perfect mixture of everything and they're just doing good and they're surprisingly better than i feel like i thought i, I feel like i thought it would take maybe another year before they really got their feet under them but right they're proving me wrong. And you know what? They're kind of looking like the LA Kings of old. And I wouldn't be surprised if in a few years, we kind of see them go for a deeper run in the playoffs. And I wouldn't even be surprised this year if we see them in the first round. Yeah, they've been uh, definitely in nine. It's fine to hear nine, six and one second in the Pacific uh, <laughs> heads and tails behind Vegas, but everyone, everyone <laughs> is in the league. But <laughs> now to your point, you know, seeing that mix really see it in the top scores for this team. Kevin Fiala, uh, mm-hmm. former Huge acquisition. Wild. Yep. And it's paid off so far. Leads the mm-hmm. team of Kopitar, actually. Both of them have 11 assists. Kopitar has 13 points. Fiala with uh, two more for the offense. And Gabriel Lardi, you know, one of the younger guys on this squad. It's third or fourth, I think third season for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, leading the team uh, with 10 goals, 15 points. So, yeah, th- that trio has really been a vocal point for this attack, but focusing back in net to Jonathan quick, he's had up and down season, but you know, over this stretch, he's starting to find the old Jonathan quick again. Yeah. I remember it's great <laughs> to see him. Yeah. Last remember last week, you know, he was struggling a bit, but he's able to rebound uh, this week and on the seasons at a uh, six and four, uh, two eighty four goals allowed uh 903 save percentage so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's exciting to see. I personally am a, big fan of Jonathan quick. Um, I don't want to get into that too much, but it's nice to see him kind of like bounce back. I feel like 
even just past this season, he's had a very few, like he's had quite a few inconsistent seasons and it's nice to see him just kind of find his own footing again. And, you know, maybe with the young guys kind of reinvigorating the team, like he just feels like a young guy again, like who knows, but it's, it'll be fun to see them down the stretch. And I, I truthfully think I can only see them trending upward. And I mean, I might eat my words later, but you know, as of right now, they're, they're looking fun. They're looking solid. So who knows? Yeah, and it's talking about good goaltending. If we got to talk about Carter and Philadelphia, I mean, this team and Carter in particular is really uh, got a Philly off to a good start. Uh, seven four and two. Big reason why is Carter Hart uh, six and one uh, and two in his nine games started for the Flyers. Yeah, I mean, I think he's been clearly. I'm. You can't ask for a better goaltender than that. But um, I mean. You could probably find somebody, but still, it's, it's for, for great, Philly. Yeah. Yeah. For Philly. Yeah. But it's just, it's, you know, it's a good goaltender. It's a strong person to have. And he, you know, last week you said it, he's really finding his groove. The only thing is I'm a little concerned about just as someone who knows that goalies have hot hands only for so long. Um, he could burn out sooner rather than later, but I think, you know, with the, with the right steps taken by coaching with good rest and, you know, playing him, um every other game or like well however their schedule plans out like giving him breaks in between games or or during yeah. like you know quote-unquote easier games i don't think it's wrong uh right. but the, I, I think it'll be fun to watch right skill wasn't necessarily been a question for art it's definitely been the availability yeah and you know even so far this uh this year you know earlier this week he was out for a couple games due to illness and uh came back in the loss versus columbus gave up three goals uh, mm-hmm. There in that one, but but no, when he's looked healthy and he's looked like one of the best uh tenders in the league, talking about the 941 C percentage, only 19 goals allowed, and helps complement to a defense that's uh fourth in the league, only allowing 34 goals, as well as their penalty kill, which is fifth best in the league at uh, 83.7. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think they're honestly I think they're one of the more consistent teams they're looking like a full team like they're you know it, it's hard for me to pinpoint like a certain missing piece from them but I, I think Philly's gonna have a yeah I would say it is piece probably offense having that true I was gonna you know, number one star yeah <laughs> right as nice as uh Travis Konechny's been for them uh 10 to 15 points even Kevin Hayes uh, at uh, 12 points you know, yeah but normally... is it wrong to have so many people being able to score Right, no, it's great. They they have you know really they're uh, sharing the pie. They don't have that one runs through the offense. You know it's good. It makes the team unpredictable, but you know also kind of relies on if everyone's not clicking, you know, on that same page, you're not gonna have you know that one guy to really carry you know carry out this team, carry on uh, the offense, maybe do things himself. You know what I mean? Because defensively, yeah. you know, you know they've been playing good. Ivan Provorov uh, has been playing well. Uh, Twenty eight hits, forty blocks. Uh, to compliment Carter Hart, Scott Long as well, thirty-five blocks or thirty-five hits, rather. You know they've, you know the defense has definitely been there to compliment a good goaltending, but. But what? I'm sorry. It wants to see more from the offense. Uh, oh yeah, hundred percent. And speaking of offense, yeah, I'll talk about the next team at eleven is Edmonton. Uh, mm-hmm. Went a one in three. This week lost their last contest, but a bigger loss than that too. Just talking about Evander Kane and scary incident earlier in the week. I mean, yeah, I mean that 
as someone who like doesn't like blood and who doesn't like injuries like that I I keep thinking about it um and I actually watched the clip a few times today so if you don't know Evander Kane um had fallen to the ice kind of pushed into I don't want to say pushed into the boards I think it was just like a hockey scrub hockey plates still play yeah Yeah. and so he had fallen into the boards kind of feet first um and then as he was trying to get up he had like his arm kind of sticking out and Pat Maroon skated over him clearly trying to like pass him but still trying to just kind of like keep playing hockey I don't you know I'm sure he's done that a hundred times and nothing has ever happened but uh Evander Kane's forearm had gotten slashed and you can see him quickly get up holding his arm running to well skating I should say to his trainer um screaming like help me help me help me like and you know you look behind him and there was like a pool of blood and I'm sure there was blood more blood on the ice um so unfortunately he will be out three to four months as of right now um he has surgery he's thankfully looking well um I am not the biggest Evander Kane fan and I'm not afraid to say it I just you know I my knee-jerk reaction truthfully to this was I guess to kind of blame place blame on him but like just because it was just like it it's like such a shocking thing to like see play out that you just kind of like, you're just like, why did that happen? And you're just like trying to figure out a way to prevent that from happening. But the point being, I I can't say anyone at fault. It's just a hockey play going wrong. It's like, you think about the worst things could happen in hockey. It's, you know, there's that dangerous underbelly. You don't like think about And that's one of the things that could happen. And you know, his wrist lacerated. It was horrifying. This type of thing that kill you. It's not treated immediately. Thankfully everyone was there to take care of it. And great doctors. And, yeah, staff and that knew what they for, were doing. Right, and for now he's out for at least three to four months, but it's going to be tough too. You know, even after wrist surgery, he's just having to relearn all oh, yeah. that again and getting over that hump too of you know the potential you know fear of getting back on the ice and just getting having tried to put that in the back of your mind. Yeah, uh, you know when you're playing, especially yeah. how competitive and aggressive the, the league is, and even this Edmonton team. Yeah, but no, you're, you're talking about offense too, and you know. This team's really been struggling and losing Evander Kane, who was on their top six, their top line, mm-hmm. really did a number to them because now they're really looking for that next guy uh, to fill his place. Yeah, I mean, I even think, though, this is like the thing that I feel about offense. And that's why I kind of question um, the is a good offense like the next best defense or whatever the headline was for that hockey article that I was talking to you about earlier this week. Um my whole thing is offense, I feel like tends to burn out much quicker than defense does. And we always talk about this, or at least I always do. When we talked about it last week, I'm 90% sure. The Edmonton Oilers have a good offense. I don't think anybody would argue that. One of the best in the league. They don't have a good defense, though. And how and like how many times have we seen them? do great but then like their defense falls apart and that's what cost them the game that's what cost them the series that's what cost them something yeah yeah Yeah. and it's just it's it's hard to watch but it's what happens when you don't have somebody like something you don't even have to have like the best defense in the league you just have to have something better than average you know what i mean yes yesterday was a great example that face you know, it was a close contest to start. Uh, Conor mm-hmm. McDavid had a credible highlight play, you know, slicing through Carolina's defense, uh, split through four defenders uh, t- to score a top-shelf goal, tie the game up. But that was it for Edmonton. Yep. And they gave up five straight goals in the last uh, half-hour play. Uh, ended up losing 7-2. to two. And you're talking about 
This is the third best offense uh, statistically. 55 goals scored. Uh, second best power play, too, at 33%. But in terms of goals against, they've given up 56, which is ranks them 29th. Yeah. And besides just uh, the defense and uh, the players they're struggling, too, I think goaltending and Jack Campbell in particular, he looked horrific, uh, especially yeah. yesterday. <laughs> and Campbell was at uh, 427 goals allowed, goals against average, and 873 save percentage on the season. And this is not the Jack Campbell we've seen uh, light it up for uh, other teams like Toronto, even uh, Calgary. Yeah, and I mean, Edmonton's going to have to find a solution to something, especially if they want to be taken seriously um, as like a credible team in this league and just a consistent team even. And I just I feel like they have to do something has to give. And I don't know what it would be. I clearly hope it would be like giving a good defense, but um, you know, for yeah, someone too like uh, Campbell you know, King uh, was mm-hmm. fighting for uh, starting time versus a uh, quick. Obviously, lost out there. The one in Toronto, um, all the moves that happened there right. uh, was the full time starter at least for last season. Went thirty one and nine, but you know, gets signs new contract goes to Edmonton, and it's, it's like he's a uh, shell of himself, and it's scary. You know, see how. How right. rough of a start of the season he's off to. Uh, yeah. Just yesterday, again, was uh, a good example. And, you know, it, the defense didn't help him uh, bail him out either, which, you know, as you're talking about, just compounds everything to uh, that big loss yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, it's Carolina. And, you know, they have a a rougher trip ahead, you know, getting ready to prepare versus Florida tomorrow afternoon and then face the Kings and then face Vegas, New Jersey, the Isles, and Rangers to follow that up. <laughs> Yeah, that's not right, an easy schedule to have. All right, so again, that defense and that goaltending, especially, you know, isn't up to par. Like we're seeing Connor mm-hmm. McDavid uh, perform uh, for mm-hmm. on the offensive side. You know, it's not going to matter what McDavid does for the most part. You know, he has 15 goals already, 31 points. He's at a 82 for 82 pace potentially. All right, but, beast. but you know, outside of that, it, it's not enough. You know, we see sports like baseball, especially you guys like Trowler and Oltani, where or even Aaron Judge. It's like you know, one guy ain't going to save the team. And for as good as uh, Connor McDavid is, uh, the rest of the team, really outside of him and Dreisaitl, is just not much happening there. Yeah. Um, I think it's a perfect segue to lead to our next team, yep. the Florida and, Panthers. Yeah, and we're in our top 10? Yep, entering our top 10. Number 10 is Florida. And They're talking about team and how uh, they've been looking 2-1 and on the week so far. They won two straight. But, you know, we're talking about those guys stepping up at Goldstein as well. And really, Florida is such an interesting case uh, to really uh, pick apart. I don't know where you want to start with. Uh, um, I mean, I, I feel like Aaron Ekblad coming yeah. back to the team this Saturday is, is a good piece, especially against the Oilers in their offense. Mm-hmm. Um, they have been hurting quite a bit defensively. Uh but I don't think that they've been suffering. I don't think they will suffer to the extent that the Oilers do with right. their defense. And I think a lot of the Oilers' success comes from their offense. Um, however, I think that Florida is a more well-rounded team. And I think Definitely. that it this is a, clearly a huge game back to them. So I think that they should be, again, like a fun team to watch. I can yeah, see them we'll growing. See. Um, I just yeah. feel like they're a little shaky in the sense of, like, the past seasons haven't always – like, they've always been just meh. So <laughs> – well, the I, thing was last year, I thought they were pretty good, you know, in the regular season. But then, yeah. 
you know, immediately all of that is just forgotten and they get mopped uh, in four straight versus Tampa. And it's like, yeah. you just they go back to that Met setting. They revert back to that. <laughs> right. And you know, that's like default for them. Right. Exactly. You want to see them turn the page. Yeah. Uh, so I think getting those wins uh, versus San Jose and Anaheim, you know, is big. Those are teams they're supposed to beat. But, you know, it's big for Florida in that sense that, you know, they they keep staying above that Met level. And yeah. being a team like Carolina was pretty good. We'll get to the but you know, pretty good team as well yeah. their own right before they prepare to face teams like Edmonton and Washington, who should be better than they're playing at. The defense yeah. lead definitely want to highlight uh Brandon Montour, uh level yeah. assists, fifteen points, nineteen hits and blocks as well. He's doing it all. He's got a couple power play goals, a couple game winners for them. He's doing a great job as a two way defender. Uh Radical Gudis as well, forty six hits, twenty six blocks. But no, offensively for sure, I think uh, Matthew Chuck's really uh, been hi- a highlight for them. Uh, 12 assists, 17 points. So. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I don't have much else to say on them. <laughs> I was going to say, you're talking about the goaltending, but how fun is it for, you know, we got a team like Edmonton where they got two goaltenders and they're really struggling. Yeah. In Florida, you got two. They're both doing good. You know, uh, Sergei Varsky, uh, three and four in the season, 329 goals allowed. But yeah. You got Spencer Knight. Who's uh his understudy, but gave him the big contract. Is expecting a bigger role from him. He's five and one so far this season. Two eighteen goals allowed. I mean, who knows? We could see them split time more evenly. Um, clearly, it seems like Bobrovsky got off to a shakier start, which you don't want to see from your main goaltender. But if you have a decent, clearly better than decent backup, I think it's fine, and I think it'll be good for both of them. And if they make a deep playoff run it's good to have that versatility especially at goaltending when you need those breaks because playoff hockey has only gotten more crazy i don't know <laughs> if you've noticed but you know more overtimes and that's a lot of extra hockey to play and then it's a kind of a quick turnaround right, and we, it's not a lot of rest for your body so yeah, i'm not saying saw, they're winning the cup but i'm just saying like if they decide to go for that deep playoff run you need we saw rest. last year how well that worked with Colorado, where they had uh, Darcy Kemper mm-hmm. and they had uh, Phil Grubauer, and they used oh. uh, both of them interchangeably. You know, you had one series where it was Grubauer, uh, right. you know, in that. And then, you know, he lost the game, and all right, we'll ride with Kemper until he loses yeah. the game, and uh, so on and so forth. You know, if you don't have that Vasilevsky type player, you know, that's definitely uh, the second best uh, thing you could go for. And that's definitely what it feels like uh, Florida is aiming to do, and they have so far. And it was a bit telling, too, yesterday's win, uh, start, they had a three. They rest in between games and they start Spencer Knight, the youngster, uh, in that versus Carolina. Yeah. And I I mean, I think it's just gonna be a matter of seeing how they can continue carrying this out. And yeah. Absolutely. And they don't want to be a team like uh, Dallas was uh in the Stanley Cup finals. Moving on to them next yep. uh, at ninth, where you know it was tough to match up against Vasilevsky and Ben Bishop mm-hmm. tried his hardest. Uh didn't work out that well. And Dallas and has Ben been Bishop trying, has uh, always been a consistent goalie to me. Sorry. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Dallas has been trying to pick up the pieces since then. And yeah. I think so far they've gone off to a really good start and are back on pace uh to that Stanley Cup contender team that we saw a couple years ago. Yeah, um, I totally agree. I also I think Dallas's biggest problem personally is just like their depth. I think their mm-hmm. stars are starring. And that's not a verb, but I want it to be. Um, I think their stars are shining. I think that their goaltending is doing pretty well. Uh, but you know, you want those middle guys. Like I think personally, it makes a huge difference when your third and fourth line 
can build momentum. I think I said it last week. I'm not sure about which team, but I think it makes a huge difference when your third and fourth line can build momentum, can even score goals, can just draw a penalty, kill a penalty. Um, you know, I, I think that's going to be a huge thing for them. And I think that's kind of what killed them, like you were saying with Bishop. And it's just like, you need you need to have people who can match up against these great teams. You want to be considered a great team. You have to match against a great team. And clearly they're ranked what we have them 930. Yeah, honestly, got to bump down a little because they just lost to a uh, San Jose 5-4. to four. Okay, we have to bump so. them down like 10 spots. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but like, yeah. <laughs> bump I mean, them down a little. But entering today, they were definitely at ninth. And right. It felt like a top 10 team. Yeah. Kind of yeah. open our face a little. But the reason for that, though, was yeah, moved on from Bishop. Obviously, he retired. So you have yeah. Scott Wedgwood as goalie too. Jake Ottinger, though, he was off to a tremendous start uh, yeah. to the season entering today. He's at 140 goals allowed, 952 save percentage. You know, he, as you're talking about that depth too, complimenting a lot of those young guys to where, you know, I don't want to say building them out, but, you yeah. know, that that defense is good. But the reason this team is uh, second in the league with 32 goals allowed, big reason for that is Ottinger and how well to, of a season a start of a season he got off to and yeah. in turn was able to turn around and help that offense become a top 10 uh, offense in the league with 47 goals scored. Yeah. And I mean, I, this is why I believe defense is super important and I will hammer that home until someone really proves me wrong. But I mean, I, I think defense can turn around a lot of a team and I feel like the defense becomes like a backbone when the offense starts to fail. So it's like, you know, you right. have, you We're going to need to see that from uh, Dallas now. Yeah, you know that yeah. offense really lining it up uh, for this week. Lost five to one to Winnipeg, and obviously losing to San Jose. We haven't played the worst team in the league, right? So, yeah, big red flags there, and you're going to turn around and face Philadelphia on yeah. Sunday. You better hope you can stand up to the test. Yeah, especially guys too, like uh, Jason Robertson. You know, he was mm-hmm. you know missed a lot of time. Uh, during the offseason because of that uh, contract dispute gets the extension and he's yeah. lining up uh, the score sheet nine goals 19 points so far this season yeah but uh yeah move from dallas now to colorado they are three and oh this week one three consecutive games and we talked about stanley cup hangover for teams like tampa uh, yeah and uh referencing of dallas and prior years colorado i thought felt they're like they're on that hangover too, but are starting to piece things together now. Uh, seven, four, and one in the mm-hmm. central, good for third in the standings. Yeah, I think that they are finding their footing again. Again, it's just that to me, I feel like they call it the Stanley Hub, Stanley Hub, Stanley Cup hangover because it's it's a lot of hockey to be played. You know, especially with the way things are going. Like I said a few uh, minutes ago, it's just it's a lot of hockey to be played. It's a lot of overtime. It's a lot of it's a lot of wear and tear on your body. And if you're not prepared for that, it's really, really hard to bounce back from that so quickly. And I think a big loss um, to them is Valen Shushkin's injury. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be out for a month with an, with an, uh, after doing an ankle surgery, so an ankle injury. Um, so, I mean, hopefully he comes back better than ever. Hopefully it doesn't hinder him too much when he comes back. But you know, I think you're right. I think they are finding their footing again. And personally, that's all I have to really say about Colorado. Yeah, it is. And he's obviously a big part of that uh, lineup. And finding here, he again, was on a good start to the season, uh, seven goals, 12 points. But, you know, even a, a loss is a big loss. But, you know, Nathan McKinnon, obviously, uh, leading the way in points, 18 assists, 21 points. 
But really, the impressive start to the season I've seen with, has been uh, Miko Rantanen. Nine goals and 19 points on his 12 games played. He's on pace to get around 60. And I don't see it happening, but I mean, just for him to really be, you know, that number one scorer is definitely a uh, bit a big plus to this Colorado team as they start to find their groove again and uh, win three straight. Yeah. And from Colorado, moving to a team that's really surprised a lot of folks, and probably a lot of folks would be surprised we ranked them this high. But just got to talk about Seattle, yeah, cracking on a five-game win streak, including two wins earlier this week. Yeah, uh, I'm cur- currently watching them lose one nothing to Minnesota. Uh, but to be fair, they're only in the second, so that could turn around very quickly. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you know one of the biggest losses is Philip Grubauer. You know, you want a solid goaltending, but it seems to me like they're doing just fine. Even without him fine. It's a hard pill to swallow. Like that was a big cap hit. It's not the worst cap hit I've also ever seen. Um, Especially if he goes on like long-term IR, but anyway, point being, I think that they're actually playing so much better than anybody expected. And they look like a pretty decent team all around. And it's not as of right now, if the season ended today, they would be in a playoff spot. And I think that shocks a lot of people, but yeah. I think <laughs> 18 I think points, it's eight, four and two in the standings. And it's not about Grubauer, obviously big loss there. It's going to yeah. be out for a while. And it was going to be him and Martin Jones kind of platooning the goaltending spot. Uh-huh. Now it's gone to Martin Jones uh, yeah. started uh, 10 games, playing 11 and they have seven and three entering today, two forty five goals allowed, 907 save percentage. And this, yeah, it helps to complement a pretty decent uh, Seattle defense. They've yeah. given up 41 goals on the season, which is uh, 13th in the league, but they rank seventh for a goal scored entering today with 50. And uh, I was just talking about a, a lot of another team where they have a lot of goal scorers, they don't have that true number one goal scorer, but they run the offense through a lot of different players and yeah. vets like uh, Jaden Schwartz and uh, youngsters like uh, Matty Beniers really getting his. Uh, feet wet is really his true uh first season and he's really impressed me uh five goals nine points uh 76 faceoff wins 14 hits 12 blocks doing a little bit of everything yeah i mean truthfully it's nice to see seattle kind of come into their own and kind of um finally prove to be the team that one i wanted them to be into that i feel like people thought they would be and yeah. I, I get it it takes time to build up a good team especially a newer team but it it's fun. It's nice to see like a team succeed and it's nice. It's nice as we get higher in the rankings to see teams doing well, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like and it this, works out that way. Um, yeah. But... And this team too, obviously uh, talking about five game win streak entering today. And again, a lot of these uh, wins were uh, pretty definitive. Uh, beat Minnesota for nothing, then beat Pittsburgh three to two, but then beat uh, Nashville five to one for uh facing off against Minnesota today. So, yeah, the Seattle team is not a pushover, and I expect them to probably fall several spots uh, between now and the end of the season. But, you know, they're off to such a good start now that they're, they could still be playing competitive hockey come March or April, which not a lot yeah, of folks why are you uh, being a hater? penciled in start of the season. So we'll see. But uh, another team that's really turned around has been the Islanders. We ranked them six. They went 2-2 two and two this week, uh, mm-hmm. lost their uh, game – Got shut out versus Arizona, but ranked them high just because really the past couple weeks uh, under Lane Lambert, they have looked phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, again, I think last season, like we said last week, was a huge shock to a lot of people, especially Islanders fans. Um, But they just they kind of took a tumble for the worst. And it was just like, what? Where did you guys go? And it's nice Mm -hmm. to see them kind of pick themselves back up. 
you know, I think, is it Barzell wearing the C or is it? Yeah. It's not, is re-sign, it? Resign that uh, big contract. Yeah, huge contract. Um, clearly, they're trying to build a team around him, and I think it's a lot of fun to watch him. I know he hasn't. Oh. What? I would say Anders Leo wearing the captaincy, but okay, Barzell, that's, that's right, what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's why I was like, I'm not 100% sure, but I know he was like in the captaincy. Anyway, um, you know, he has yet to score a goal. However, he, he has 15 assists in 15 games, which is great. Um, and I think it's a lot of fun to watch them. And I think that they clearly are gelling as a team. And, you know, I feel like most people would cause concern for Matt Barzell not having a goal. But I'm like, it's not like he has no points. Right. He's helping out. He's, his, he's being mature. He's, lead, he's, he's, he's leading the team. Okay? Right. So. He's leading the team in points uh, right. with Brock Nelson, both of them at 15. And Barzell, that's the most impressive part. None of them have come off goals. But yeah. to that point, you know, it's, it's again great leadership there where you know he's not complaining about their role. He's facilitating and it is mm-hmm. uh proven to a lot of success for New York. Nine and six, third in the metro. Uh, you know, big part of that offense. And the goals are gonna come for Brazil anyway. You know, oh, I yeah. suspect he'll still finish with twenty, probably twenty-five, you know, at the end of the season, which is gonna be even more impressive because he hasn't scored through the first fifteen. But you know, for them not to need him to score to win is again such night and day from uh, last year and those struggles. Where, you know, even looking at this team, you know, gritty wins versus Calgary and that gritty comeback win versus uh, the Rangers the day after. And even the loss yesterday was 2 nothing. It was really one nothing, but empty netters. Yeah. So 2 nothing right. uh, versus Arizona. You know, it wasn't the worst loss. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it was, was still a, a pretty game. It was back and forth. And they just threw the short end of the stick. You know, at least Rokin, the 6-4, and four, uh, 209 goals allowed, 936-8 percentage. To me, he is definitely a front runner uh, for... Uh, the Vesna right now, just he—he's definitely in that conversation. It may not be the best, but he's definitely in the conversation as one of the best goalies in the league. Yeah, I mean, they're clearly proven a point. Like, I think they came back with a vengeance this season, and I think that they just wanted to show everybody, like, hey, we didn't disappear. Like, we're still here. We're still trying to fight, and we're still yeah. we're still doing it. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of question marks. Yeah, from the switch from Trotz to Lambert, but they're right. eighth in the league in goals scored and uh, goals allowed. So, again, to be playing really both ends of the ice, something not a lot of teams uh, have been afforded to say. No. But as we get to the top five, now we start to get into you know some of the true contenders here, like Winnipeg, uh, first in the Central at eight three and one. And you know, we'll talk about we'll talk about Vesna. Uh, Connor Hellebuck's definitely having the conversation the out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah, he's doing great. What nine three eight save percentage, and it's just it, I don't know what anybody expected from Winnipeg. But truthfully, from the way I've seen them play the last few years, I didn't expect this. It's a nice surprise. They've always been a good team, never a great team. I feel like they've always been on the cusp, um, but yeah. So it's it's they're a lot of fun to watch, and you know, like you said, Hellebuck. I can't wait to see him yeah, probably one of us. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the start so far, he's definitely he's definitely, I think, the front runner. Oh, yeah. Probably he's been playing. He's his goals allowed is 1.98 under two per game. It's phenomenal stuff. And just to this Winnipeg Exactly. And this Winnipeg uh just start. It's their best start to a season since they returned to Winnipeg from Atlanta. So they picked up well, points in each of their last seven games. And this is all two under new head coach in uh, Rick Bonus. Yeah. So, you know, they and his system has really uh put a spotlight on this Winnipeg team and they're really shining. Really uh defensively more so than offense. Hellebuck's a big part of that. Uh, giving up the least amount of goals 
in the league at 28. But and that pe- that penalty kill too uh, at eighty three point three penalty kill percentage is great. Mm-hmm. But and it does Winnipeg a favor because uh, entering this week, a lot of their wins, a lot of the games in particular have been close. Three two win versus Arizona. Three two win versus Montreal. Two one loss to Vegas, which is you know more respectable than most teams when they lose to Vegas. But you know, getting that those big blow wins over Chicago and then five one over Dallas, it's really gotten them off on the right foot. And yeah. especially seeing uh, guys like Mark Scheif leave eight goals, uh, PLD with six goals, five assists, Blake Wheeler as well three goals. So that offense now really starting to click. Yeah, and I mean they they clearly have found a solution that works for them. They found like their right footing and everything, and I think it's just it's so fun to see them and you know they just can win <laughs> it's just like they consistently can do it and it feels like they're just a consistent team and it's it's nice to see because sometimes you know like even if a team is ranked higher like Edmonton they're not consistent in their defense and they're just it's it's hard to kind of find it but you know as we get into the top five clearly we're going for consistency and good yeah. teams overall and it's just like they have it seems like they have all the pieces and truthfully is this the year they win the cup maybe, maybe. one <laughs> Maybe we one can potential opponent for them on the other side would be Carolina. We rate oh. them fourth, two and two. And you talk about consistency. This is team has been consistently successful over the past seasons, but which is a big turnaround. Finish? Yeah, sorry, <laughs> right? It's, it's true though. Big turnaround from you know going back to like 2015, 2016, where they're consistently awful. Now they're consistently good. And uh-huh. Freddie Anderson returning for them nine, uh, eight ninety one save percentage. And T Ranta in that really stepping up for them of uh, nine fifteen save percentage. That was defensively. Uh, Martin Nikos, 19 points. Aho and Sveshnikov with 17 each. Uh, Martin Nikos with seven goals. Brent Burns even, you know, coming in that bottom six, uh, three goals. You know, this team has really been impressive in all facets. Yeah, I mean, you know, you listed a bunch of top players and clearly like they're they're also a well-rounded team. And it's just like, again, my genuine question is, will they be able to finish it? Because you can be good. But if you can't grasp the cup, then are you really as good as you are on paper? Yeah, this, but this is I definitely mean, the year for Carolina. Like this has got to be their year. You know, I feel that way for the Rangers too. But it's like definitely more so for Carolina. It's just okay. But to be fair, look how high Carolina's ranked. Oh, Rangers, I know. I'm just but... saying. <laughs> like entering the season, you know, this was definitely it was it was definitely if it was they've taken the mantle from Colorado, where you know it was like okay, you have to win now because if you don't win, right. and this core is never winning. And yeah, you, and I feel that way about New York. Say. Feel the way about Toronto. Uh, feel the way of Carolina, of Vegas, obviously. Well, it's fair they oh. changed the core for years, so it doesn't really matter. But oh, okay, I don't know why I thought Vegas had already won a cup. Like, please don't at <laughs> me. But I really, I, 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 I just like it. Just registered in my mind. In alternate <laughs> universe, they beat Washington for both like the greatest of a uh, cup win ever in their first season. But it, I'm such a hater. I was like, year. please don't win anyway. <laughs> So, right, we all talk about surprises here. Number three, the biggest surprise of the season, New Jersey Devils. Eight-game win streak, 3-0. Absolutely Can you baffling. It? <laughs> baffling. I just, I feel like, again, they're, they're like, if you pull out a wild card, you know those tarot readings yes, yes. on TikTok? That's how I feel. It's like, if you pick this, okay, if you res- this resonates with you, and then, like, that happened to be the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> like, I don't know how else <laughs> to, like, describe them. Like, they're just, like, a wild-ass tarot yes. reading. No, um, it's... It's definitely throughout the video games where it's like, you know, you have that one team that for some inexplicable reason does good and you feel like it's a glitch. That's New Jersey right now where they start off the season 
uh, under 500, Channing Fire Rough. You know, it felt yeah. like he shouldn't even come back for this year. And so yeah. far, uh, the Devils are 11 and 11 and 1 and 0 in their past 12 games. That is insanity to me. That is absolute insanity. I, I mean, I don't know what else is left to say besides the fact that they, they clearly turned it on. Like, he was like, I'm not fi- getting fired. Like, absolutely not. I'm going to walk <laughs> out of here with my head held high if you're going to get rid of me. And here they are, 11-3-0. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say besides absolutely oh, baffling right now. Yeah, got to credit really the whole team team effort. Everyone stepped course. up for them. Uh, top five team in scoring, 51 goals. Uh, top 10 team defensively, only giving up 36. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, although he's going to be out now. So it's interesting to see how they adjust because he was off to a good start at a four and two, a two seven nine goals allowed. But uh, Vanacek's filling in for him. He's six and one on the season, two thirty three goals allowed. And just seeing the youth of this team step up. Jesper brought thirteen assists. Nico Heischer sixteen points. Jack Hughes ten assists. Dougie Hamilton defensively at eleven points. You know this Devils team. You know there's a lot of youth and yeah. It reminds me of that Islanders team from a couple years ago, to where oh, not yeah. a lot of playoff, not a lot of playoff experience, but mm-hmm. they're a team that could. They keep playing like this; they're gonna figure things out, pull it together real quick. Finally, you gotta wrap it off. I think it's the two best teams in league right now, and seen a switch from last week. And number two, we have Boston. Finally, the first of the two between Boston and Vegas to snap their win streak. Uh, two and one this week, won their last two contests, but. You know, Boston still riding off wins and, you know, lost their win streak, but probably going to start a new one. I already have already started a new one at this rate. Yeah, um, I think we have to talk about with Boston, their situations off the ice and mm-hmm. um, some things, you know, you know, Mayor Crothers says that one of their prospects, Mitchell Miller, had bullied him. Um, he doesn't believe he has changed his ways. And truthfully, I can see that. I can see it being kind of like a PR stunt to be like, I'm sorry, and write a letter. And I think my the reason I'm going to kind of harp on Boston a little bit more than I did the Coyotes was the fact that they saw the Coyotes mess up and they still kind of went with it. And they just kind of like were like, yeah, but we'll take it anyway. Instead of like learning from the county's mistakes and digging deeper before taking into it. I feel like they kind of thought that this PR thing, well, not PR thing, but they thought this news cycle, I'm sorry, I should say, this news cycle would die out and they could just go with it and it would be fine. But it's like, I think with the way the game is growing and the way people are like the newer fans that have joined, they're like, why should there be room for any hate in this sport? We want more diversity. Why should we set the clock back? by accepting this person and i believe people can grow but i don't believe this man has right and, and it, it again it is shocking too on that aspect but two of the bruins who do that didn't really go through the proper channels to see what was okay with the league because gary bettman in particular you know a couple days after the bruins said they signed miller said miller is ineligible and you know put him on a commissioner's exempt list because yeah. he wasn't consulted by boston to sign him yeah and you know, it, it is definitely shocking. I think just a disconnect, too, between, you know, the front office and the rest of the team because oh, yeah. it's pretty clear. Obviously, the fans don't want him, just fans in general, in NHL. Bruins fans yeah. don't want him. Uh, the league doesn't want him. The players in particular, uh, it yeah. seems like outside of Patrice Bergeron, who they said they asked him about it and didn't really 
heed his advice to not <laughs> get involved with this guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, players like him and uh, Brad Marchand uh, stood up uh, and vocally. And Nick Foligno as well, yeah. And publicly, too, spoke yeah. up against it, uh, this decision. Uh, and yeah, it's just incredible, you know, how good the Bruins are doing on the ice. But, you know, kind of got to talk about this uh, black spot on the team and yeah. really the front office management under Cam Neely. And yeah. it, it's sad, too, just like him, you know, he's a... Uh, you know, a legend for the team, obviously legend in the NHL, but yeah. you no, know, it no one in that front office is taking responsibility. They're all pointing fingers at each other, saying, "Oh, mm-hmm. well, actually, you know, this guy uh, is the one yeah. that, that decided on it." And, and I'm know, sure they all like thought it would be fine by now. Like they all thought it would probably have died down, and like people would be like, "Oh, okay, well, we we're ready to forgive him," but I don't think people want to, and nor should they. It yeah, they didn't see Cong like especially as. Myers comes out and says more things. It's like it doesn't seem like this kid, kid, I don't even want to call him kid, this man has changed his ways. And why should he get a spot when yeah, it, it could it was... be given to someone who's more deserving? Exactly. It was really telling too when uh, uh, Elliot Freeman, his reporting, where you yeah. know, Boston invited Miller over multiple times, had multiple meetings, had him stay with the team, but they never uh, check on, you know, these, uh, you know, activities that he did where, you know, these omissions that he claimed he went on and mm-hmm. you know places that he donated his time to or you know even to the family that you know that he impacted so exactly. negatively in that bullying and and it you know, wasn't it's, like it's, it's, it's just on, dumb you yeah. know just dumb position to put your team in and really for what because it's not like this is a bad team you know where he's gonna turn things around you know right. this is you don't need this guy anywhere near your organization absolutely not Honestly, no one in the NHL needs this guy near their organization. Not even San Jose. No. I honestly, even Arizona, who picked him up, I was like, you could do better. Yeah. It's true. Like, and, there's and no reason. Technically, they have done better. Yeah. They're doing a lot better without him than with him. Yeah. I just, I think that, you know, Boston's off to a great start. They're, the team's clicking. Everybody's having fun. And you ruined nice, it. Yeah. Why did yeah. you have to ruin it? For what? Yeah. Just to get in trouble yeah. for the thrill of it, like take. I need someone to take responsibility. I literally yeah. don't even care if it's a lie. Nice. Like I just, I want something because I feel like it's bullshit that no one's taking responsibility for this. Yeah, it's you know, and again, because we're on the top, and you know, you Cam Neely's the president, uh, Sweeney as well too. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, they keep making it seem like it's each other's idea. It sure feels like it was a shared idea, right? But, you know, and something like and something like this, it's not just gonna go away. It's gonna be following them very least through the rest of the year, probably even more so. And you know, both these guys turning each other to scapegoat. It's very childish and juvenile. And to me, if, if you're doing that, especially for a scenario like this, I don't know if you're fit to really run an organization. I think that's an excellent point. And we, we've seen too in the NHL, you know, uh executives and owners and coaches. Well, not owners, but uh, executives and uh, coaches. And even players, you know, be fired or released for less than situations yeah. we've seen here. So it's shocking to me, you know, it was just the Bruins' stance on everything. Uh-huh. It's just disappointing more so because you expect better, especially from a team that's good. But, you know, didn't get that. <laughs> no, we didn't. And I think it's a real bummer to, like, put this on the team right now. Um, so, yeah, I... I not that I want to move on from this, like if we need to right. talk well, about I, I will well, say but I, that, I don't know what else I can say without Right, exactly. I will say the Bruins players, particularly the players, you know, obviously understand the scenario that that's been thrust upon them. I thought they handled it well, obviously, you know, rejecting yeah. him, uh rejecting you know the ownership's response mm-hmm. and trying to put it behind them. Right. I mean, 
you know, they're uh, back on their winning ways now. And obviously, he doesn't seem like he's going to be part of the team. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they don't need him because uh, this Bruins team is uh, second in the league, 56 goals scored. Best penalty kill in the NHL, 94.1 penalty kill percentage. And uh, in that also, just uh, Linus Olmark, 9368 percentage, 195 goals against. Uh, he's up there too, you know, with uh, Hellebuck and uh, Sorokin for uh, the Vesna consideration to start the season. Yeah. And I mean, again, it's just such a shame, but, you know, the team's producing well, and I hope that they can put this behind them. And honestly, I hope that the players decide to do something for um, the minorities of this country and just decide to do something good yeah, and definitely. give back to just kind of, I don't know. I don't want to like, not for performative actions, but just, just to put their money where their mouth is. In my yeah, and definitely to the victim and, you know, they're oh, a hundred percent. You know, we know ownership finally now started to reach out to them, but you know, yeah. definitely, I think that should for, have been the first thing to do. Yeah. I was going to say definitely a good start, but I don't want it to be the end. Definitely want to see. Oh yeah. Want to see that continue uh, throughout? Agreed. Because obviously, as good as the Bruins are doing, you know, there's a lot more that matters than just what happens on the ice. A hundred percent. We have that toxicity behind the scenes. You know, it's just bad. It's it's eventually spills out onto the ice and in front of the public to see. And yeah. It's just a bad look, not only for the team, but to the league and fans and all that. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And moving on, I was highlighting the best team in the league in uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, three and zero this week, uh, nine. Straight victories for them. Hottest team in the league right now. And it's got to talk about Jack Eichel, Irene. What a performance uh, he had yesterday. God, a hat trick to the team that drafted him, to the team that I don't even know. It was so crazy. I was reading things. I still don't fully understand it. Um, it seemed like they were trying to hold him back from getting help for injuries, which is so baffling to me. Um, I, I also I could be misremembering but it just it seemed like that and it seemed like they were just they weren't in a good relationship and I have been calling this Jack Eichel's revenge dress um because it reminds me of when Princess Diana decided to step out looking hot as hell and show and shove it in Prince Charles face after he um admitted to cheating on her and everything because good for her honestly um I bet hockey fans never thought I'd bring up Princess Diana, but they don't know me like that. Speedy <laughs> of talking hockey to me, man. You're bringing all all the hits. But it's just like that's what he did. He went out there and he dressed up for revenge. Not to also reference Taylor Swift in the same episode, but I've already done it three times anyway. Um, it's just like he showed up and he was like, "You want you want to let the hate rain down? Like come at me, bro!" <laughs> like and he he gave him a freaking hat trick and he's been on fire forget like even just that buffalo game he's just been doing so freaking well like he's just been on time 90 percent sure he's he's um the team leader in points right now and he's just Nin- 19 points nine goals leads okay. the team tennessee yep. yeah and he's been doing great and good for him and you know what this was the fresh start he needed because he wasn't thriving and i think he went through a lot of changes in buffalo and he can never find consistency there because not only did he have to continue changing with everything but he was also told to be the leader but it's like how can you be the leader if like you've never i don't want to say being trained because like he clearly knows how to play hockey but like if you've never been coached well i was saying that scenario just there's so much turnover going on you know outside of him you know it's one day, you know, your line meets with uh, Ryan O'Reilly, and next day, oh, Taylor Hall, and next day, oh, with someone else. It's right. Duke, you know what I mean? Right. But, yeah, let's focus more on the Eichel saga and just bring it back. And this is in- yeah. interesting. Uh, it's been a year and a week since uh, Eichel was uh, traded from Buffalo to Vegas mm-hmm. as uh, 25 at the time. He's, again, former number two overall we're talking about here. 
And a lot of this really goes back to last March. You know, he uh, herniated a disc uh, during a loss to Islanders. Mm-hmm. Was only supposed to miss about a week of action. And eventually, uh, he missed uh, several weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went uh, to an independent specialist to determine the severity. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the doctors he went to suggested a surgical procedure, which no NHL player uh, underwent before, which is that artificial disc replacement. Okay. So at that point, you know, the Sabres coach, Sabres organization were like, you know, don't really know if he's going to be back. Obviously, they announced he's not going to come back. And then uh, later on in the year, uh, he uh, went for another uh, reevaluation. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, under the NHL collective bargaining agreement, uh, that gives the team the final authority over how the player recovers. And Buffalo didn't want him to have the surgery because uh, they didn't feel confident that they didn't want him, I guess, to be the guinea pig for this uh, artificial disc surgery. Yeah. And yeah, it was a very murky saga, very public too. Yeah. Uh, both sides trained smart spats. Obviously, he got stripped of his captaincy, failed his physical, sat out uh, the uh, start of the 21 22, or rather 2021 season. And then uh, eventually, I remember too, there were rumors that he was going to be traded. Was it be Edmonton? Maybe uh, Calgary? It was really close. Uh, he was going to get traded Calgary for for first. For eventually, he got uh, traded on November fourth uh, to Vegas, where Buffalo picked up Peyton Krebs, Alex Tuk, a first rounder and third rounder for the following drafts. And that all kind of culminated uh, into yesterday, to where. Michael didn't have the best start to the game, but once really the third period hit, he was on a mission to find the back of the net. And it was yeah. a, a tight game, but those three goals were the difference maker for Vegas as they managed to win 7-4 versus Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And he, as you said, scored that hat trick, and he he let everyone know it. He, oh, yeah, he was not shy, and I love that. I love a petty girl. <laughs> yeah, he he went off, and you know he posed uh, for the fans. He... You know, it was like he he had this date uh, circled out as a calendar for felt like a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he clearly wanted to show up and show out. Like he was like, "You're gonna you're gonna regret not keeping me." And it's also like, I get it. Like, fine, you don't want an experimental surgery on someone, but it's also like this is it's not like I mean, every part of your body is important, but it's like okay, let's take like a pinky finger versus like your vertebrae. Like, this is, like, clearly something that you're going to have to deal with the rest of your life. And the only reason, in theory, that he's, like, quote-unquote, not feeling it now is because he's young. He's, what, 26 now? Yeah, 26, yeah. Yeah, he's young. He's very young. But I guarantee you, in, like, 20 years, he's going to feel it. And, like, it's just, it's going to be, it's going (laughs) to be hard for him to deal with. This, yeah, this rivalry, not even necessarily Eichel versus Buffalo, more so Eichel versus Buffalo fans. It's going to be a fun rivalry to watch over the next several years. Oh, yeah. We heard it yesterday, you know, anytime he touched the puck, he had a bad reaction. Had a tribute video for him. Eichel got booed the entire time. Yeah. Uh, the He uh, dished out an assist, I think, Petriangelo. They booed him just for dishing out a secondary assist. Yeah. And then he ended up scoring, and you could just hear the apathy in that crowd. Yeah. Now, the funniest thing to me was, you know, like maybe... There were several gold, uh, Vegas Knights fans there, and they started throwing uh-huh. their like gold helmets. Oh, it, I saw it was an hat, hats raining down. It was like golden helmets, but yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, they yeah, had a point. he had a point to prove, and he proved it. And I'm yeah, happy yeah. for him, and I love it. I love the yeah. pettiness. Give it to me every but, day. 
Now, Eichel, and we were talking about him, and it's phenomenal again to come back from that injury he had last year. Yeah. We talked about 19 points, nine goals, but this offense as a whole, just look at their last one, two, three, five games. They scored three, they scored five, six, four, and then seven. They're uh, going to be facing a St. Louis team tomorrow that's really been struggling. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they get six versus St. Louis and then San Jose and Arizona right after. So, you know, maybe a while before uh, this team loses a game. I wouldn't jinx it for tomorrow, but, <laughs> you know, they're at nine and it could, it could very realistically get up to something like 14 or 15, you know? Yeah. This team is on a roll. Besides Eichel, obviously Chandler Stevenson, uh, nine assists, 15 points. Petriangelo has talked about 12 assists. Uh, and that goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicholas Waz, well, four goals, 10 points. But yeah, this team just as a whole, offensively, defensively. Alec Martinez, obviously, captaining that defense, uh, doing a great job there. 65 blocks. Uh, Keegan uh, Colsar as well, uh, doing a good job, stepping up defensively, really uh, lining up uh, the opposing attackers on that. Uh, he's uh, done a good job in that front. So, yeah, this Vegas team, definitely a team to watch. Definitely the favorites right now to, mm-hmm. as the front runners in the league but yeah this sure. vegas team they are you know it, it's fitting it's vegas you know what i mean like right. you know you think about vegas you think about the glitz and glamour and just can't take your eyes off it and man this that this is the golden knights that we haven't seen debut uh back in 2017 also i was gonna say i had a thought about the vegas night school song because you know i'm a huge fan of the disco fan and they're um what do you call it the vegas light song is their whatever is their goal song and i can't remember what it was but i I think it was something about how he says vegas lights you know he's like the vegas lights are always like showing whatever blah 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 i'm not gonna sing for everybody i'm this terrible singer um and i was thinking about it and i was like it could be very easily changed into the vegas nights like it's not even that like you know because it's like you call nashville right and change the song to yeah well at least they're not like nashville and hang up a banner for like (laughs) existing yeah. Shit, should I hang up a banner and be like, congratulations, you survived? <laughs> <laughs> I hope for Vegas, their uh the reverse the reverse retros came out too. Vegas have interesting ones where it uh, lights up. So uh Oh, that's disgusting. Sorry. Uh, God gotta make that the new norm. <laughs> no, we need to not. That's okay. <laughs> but um yeah, I I personally think that concludes this week's episode. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, make sure to share this with your friends, your boyfriends, your girlfriends, your parents, your dog. I don't care. Anybody who can click and have a listen. And please make sure to like, subscribe, rate, leave a nice comment. If you have a mean comment, email me at idonotcare.com. Um, I know that's not an email, but you can go find something. I don't know. Just all right. All right, guys, have a good week. We'll see you next time. Bye.